Welcome to Game Face, episode 302 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your humble host and the founder of Sifted, and alongside me today to talk about the best and the brightest, and maybe not so brightest, in video games for the week, it's Matthew Kyle. What's up, Matt Kyle? Best is a strong word for this month. <laughs> it really is. But it's over now. It so. is. May cannot disappear soon enough, and April couldn't have disappeared soon enough before that. Yeah, it's been a rough few months. It has. Um, we uh, just published Dossier, the 10 games worth buying in June. June is much better. There are probably one or two good games we're going to be able to talk about in every episode of Game Face in June. Plus, we have Summer Game Fest and mm-hmm. Microsoft's big E3 press conference coming up here in a couple weeks. Uh, June should be much better, and hopefully, everything should be better for the rest of the year. That's what I'm counting on anyway. We'll see how it goes. Uh, more games could get delayed, although it does look like God of War's coming out this year. Yeah. All signs are pointing to it. There's merch coming. They are. They just announced yesterday. Well, actually, it wasn't announced by them, but it was leaked that God of War from 2018 is the freebie this month on PlayStation Plus. Everything is lining up for God of War Ragnarok to actually be released this year, which mm-hmm. is a huge relief in this year of delays. Um, even if it helps you win our Fantasy League, I don't care. <laughs> I uh, need some good games to play, I, man. I never had any doubts about God of War. This yeah. Year. I did. I mean, after what's happened over the last three or four months, like I think everything's fair game to be delayed at this point. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it was possible, but I was never, I was never worried about it. Yeah, um, I would have been if I had the game, but I had it last year, yeah. <laughs> and it didn't come out. So and I knew that wasn't gonna happen, <laughs> even though their trailer said 2021. Uh, so no can't ever, trust that stuff you either. Can't trust marketing. I got, but I got burned by that two years in a row. Yeah, you got burned by Starfield now. Now I got burned by Starfield. Starfield was way more specific than it God even of War. had. It had it actually had a day. in the the CG of yeah. the trailer. It had the date, but anyway, um, it's been an interesting year so far. This is going to be like a press event now. It's going to be like, <laughs> oh, we dropped a direct about Starfield. That's what I. That's what we meant. That was eleven. You actually they may actually do something like I that. Guarantee they you. may have an event on that yeah. date just so they don't look like complete fools. Yep. Uh, but anyway. Uh, we actually have some games to talk about on this episode that we played this week. Video games that we actually played to talk about on Game Face. It's very exciting. Uh, don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> Is that White Snake? I can't remember which mm, hair band that was. No, I don't think so. I want to say that was Skid. That was not Skid Row. <laughs> it was one of them. <laughs> I can't remember which one. It was all of them. Let's it was all of them in one. <laughs> Scorpions, all of them. Cinderella. In Cinderella, right. is that who it yeah, was? Good. I had forgotten about them. Good work, Toast. Toast Nine. <laughs> good job. Actually, Wampler knew who it was, too. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's great. Uh, let's see. Before we get started here today, uh, a couple of housekeeping things. Uh, we talked to you last week about our brand new show, New Dimension that chronicles the industry's biggest franchises transitioning from 2D to 3D. We talked about how it had just gone up for free on our YouTube channel. We asked you guys all to go and at least like the video and then share the video. Um, You guys did that, and that was amazing. Not only did you guys go and like the video, you guys all left comments, and it did absolutely nothing. Hmm. Nothing. It did nothing. That video earned on YouTube just like all our other... And it had more like... The like percentage was like... 99.8 percent it had 
like triple the likes of any video we've ever published. Not any video we've ever published, but most of our videos. More like double or triple the comments of any video we publish, and it did nothing. I am completely flummoxed by YouTube. I have no idea what you have to do to break through. The algorithm is a fickle beast. People love the show, by the way. Like, you guys obviously went when we did the show live last week and went immediately and said, oh, you know, this show's great because you guys had already watched it. But over time, as people have just watched the show who are subscribers to our YouTube channel, they all love it too. Everyone's like, wow, it's very hard to find a concept for something that hasn't been done before. And here is something new. It made no difference. It is... <laughs> I've never come across something as confusing and frustrating as our personal experience on YouTube. I just... You go to these other channels and they have the worst videos. Horrible voiceover, horrible editing, the most rote, overdone, redone concepts. 200,000 views, 175,000 views. I'm just like, what the F? Well, because they've broken through the algorithm. How, and though? Chance. I How don't do know. you do I'm, it? I don't know. Talk to some people that do that for a I, living. Matt, I have. I have talked to everybody. I have watched. It's so funny, too. People are like, Watch this video from this guy who will tell you how to do it. You go and he has like 5,000 views on his video. It's like, well, obviously he can't do it either. I have watched every expert on the YouTube al YouTube algorithm on YouTube. I have read it all. I've watched it all. I have done it all. Nothing does anything. It's so frustrating. I can't even put it into words. But I do want to say thanks to all you guys who went and did it. And if you're new on the show this week, please go and do it now. Uh, it's youtube.com slash siftedgames. It is one of the last three or four videos we published. Again, it's called New Dimension. If you like it, please like it on YouTube and please comment on it. I mean, that's all we can do, right? There's nothing else we can ask people to do. That's it. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's confounding. Yeah, share it around and post it where you can. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, thanks to everybody who has gone and done that. I really appreciate it. Um, and I don't want to frustrate you guys because i hope that you guys would do it in the future but i would understand your frustration because i am really frustrated with it as well uh it's always amazing to me because i have a couple of different google accounts and i have one that in particular i use for youtube and sometimes it just sort of spontaneously switches to one of the other ones mm -hmm. and i'll notice my recommendations are completely weird Oh, really? like that because it doesn't know much about me right. on the other accounts right mm -hmm. so it's just sort of randomly throwing like Ben Shapiro at me and stuff. I'm just like, no. Why are you? And I realize I'm signing the other account. It doesn't know. And so it's just sort of like, hey, maybe you'd like this horrible creature. You know, like, um, but I never get sent anything like, and it's, it's also weird how like on the one account that I use everything I use for YouTube all the time, like there's channels I've watched, like I found and then I've watched like tons of stuff they have because I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And then like I've watched like whenever a new one would pop up and, and then like they just vanish from yeah. my algorithm. And I realize like, I haven't seen a video from so-and-so in forever. And I look and I'm like, oh, they put up like seven things. Why didn't you ever pop that up in my feed? It's just so weird. Like, Have it's you ever noticed that out. there are certain videos that YouTube tries to force feed down your throat? Oh, it's yeah, like, no, sure. you need to watch this. There's this video that is like supposed to be like a documentary <clears throat> about 80s synth wave. Mm. And it will not... <laughs> disappear i have had it a will video. not go away from my recommendations it has been like eight months and it still appears every day in my I've, recommendations i've always had a uh, video I've, I've watched a few of her it's uh i think it's v heart is her name she's like a math person mm -hmm. but there and i've you know for a long she's been around forever and i've watched some of her videos once in a while there is a video she did on hexaflexagons from almost 10 years ago that i have no interest in but it pops up 
every day yeah. in my feet. I'm like, I'm not. Now at this point, I'm just like, I'm not watching that out of principle. At this point, I will never watch <laughs> I that. Even, I will not watch that Wait, It's a game. And now. I've said not interested, and it comes up like five months later. I'm just like, oh, you're gonna try me in the hexaflexagons again? I see how it is. Like it, it's a game for me now. I'm like, mm. I'm not watching it. I am going to wait and see how long it takes for that synthwave documentary to disappear <laughs> from my recommended whatevers. It's it won't go away. It's like you two songs of innocence. You mm. think you finally figured out how to delete it off your phone, and you're sorting through your music, and there it is again. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Whatever deal you two signed for that, they were they did not pay enough because holy cow, you couldn't ask for anything better than what you two has got out of that deal with Apple. Uh, so anyway, um, if you could go to YouTube.com/siftedgames and give New Dimension a like, we're really banking on that to do something for us and to change our fortunes a little bit. Uh, so we'd appreciate anything you guys can do. Uh, we are shooting the next round of Pactor Factor uh, here in the next probably five or six days. Still sorting out the date with Pactor. Uh, look for a call for questions for that going up everywhere very soon. It'll be on Sifted. It'll be on our Patreon. We will put the call out on our Twitter feed at twitter.com slash siftedgames. People don't understand. They think we take the questions in a rolling basis. They don't understand that we do it in batches. So a lot, almost every time somebody new joins our oh, Patreon... you shoot a bunch of them at once. They, yeah. yeah, we shoot a batch of shows at once. They don't understand that. Um, and so every time somebody new joins our Patreon, they immediately ask a question for Pactor Factor. Uh, so if you are new to our Patreon and you just recently asked a question for Pactor Factor, you're going to want to do that when we ask for them. And that will be coming up here in the next couple days. We'll have a, there'll be an article on our Patreon. There'll be one on Sifted. And we'll talk about it on Twitter as well. So get ready for that. Start getting your questions ready. Um, what else? Oh, the, and it came in too late for the show. But they did show the first gameplay of Sonic Frontiers today, uh, early this morning. Um, apparently IGN has a huge exclusive on, the, on everything Sonic Frontiers mm. uh, for the next month. And it shows, I don't know, probably 18 seconds of gameplay or something like that. And it just, like, I had major questions about how they're going to pull this off. And now I have even more. It's like they show scenes of, like, Sonic in combat with, like, an enemy. And then, like, if you look behind them, it's just an empty wasteland. I don't know what's going on with that game. I am really interested to see how they do an open world Sonic game. Do you have Mm -hmm. any idea how they could make it work, Matt? Yeah, I mean... I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I think <laughs> just the future featureless plane where you can run everywhere is a bad idea. I would argue that they did something sort of like that in Adventure, where you had the kind of an overworld to run around in, and then like you went into individual levels. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing for them is like they've been trying to crack the Sonic code for you know almost thirty years now, uh, certainly since the Saturn days in terms of three D. Um, I think one of the things they forget is that like. You know, the the 3D games, a lot of times, especially the worst ones, really focus on the idea that, like, oh, he has to be going fast all the time. Mm -hmm. But, like, you forget in the 2D games, like, he doesn't really go fast all the time. Yeah, there are times where he's just... Sometimes you do. like, But, like, usually you're platforming, like, some really hard platforming in some of those games. And, like, generally, like, it's about the, the design and the contraptions and the ability to choose which way you go. And the speed sections are, like, rewards or, like, mm-hmm. treats. Yeah. You know? Like, you, uh, oh, here's a section of this level where you can go, like, through the through the spiral and up through the loop, and, and now you're back to the platform. So, like, I always feel like... Um, you know they they miss the they miss the boat when they try to make it all speed. I agree. In part because you know they used to you know when people would complain like how come the whole game in Sonic Adventure isn't like the Sonic levels and the mm-hmm. shadow levels and they and you know Sonic Team was like 
yeah, it takes months to make one of those, and you play through it in like three minutes. That is really you know, the like, problem. Like, is that all you put all this work into it, and then a player plays through it in like ninety it. seconds? Yeah. So I think I think you could probably get. I think you know, and and the two D games, even Sonic Generations, and uh, you know, they they remember that, but like. That, that, like, you don't have to constantly be blazing through everything. I mean, mm-hmm. you can if you want to. Like, yep. that's kind of a, a mark of, of skill in the 2D games is being able to burn through the level as fast as possible. But, like, if you want to go through and play it like a solid platformer, you can. And, like, most people, I think, did, certainly when they were younger and didn't know how to speedrun something. Um, I think if you made this, made Sonic more like a, like a platformer, like, you know, with Zippy, Agile, but, like, make him more of a platformer, and then the speed sections are kind of breaking the you know break it up make it more of a reward maybe even make it like an if you're doing an open world thing you could find like stuff like shrines and breath of the wild and instead of being a two-minute annoying puzzle it could be like a like a speed section you know like a little roller coaster area kind of thing um i, th- I think that's a great idea but like yeah I, I just don't know you know um if they could crack that code if they could find a way to make sonic move fast but without like with a more free form way of doing it like i think you'd really have found something special and so far they just haven't matt Um, i also feel a little bit like the films have reset the discussion on what sonic can or cannot be yeah because the films it they have ebbs and flows to them it's not Mm -hmm. just action like 24 7 they're a little more thoughtful there's some downtime there's some sentimentality in the films and do you feel like maybe it could have changed the perception of sonic a little bit to make the games a little more flexible yeah i think well i mean i think uh you know, the idea that Sonic has a character and has a, a story to tell is sort of a more mainstream accepted idea now that those movies are out there. Whereas I don't think the fandom ever disagreed with, you know, the fandom latched onto the, the lore and the narrative long ago. Um, and everyone was just like, what? <laughs> it's like, who cares about it? I just want to go fast, you know? And um, if you can get around that, you'd probably be able to, to make something a little more wide appeal. Like, I, I don't know. Um I think there's there's room for that, uh, but I also think you know in terms of the games, I think they sort of, you know, Sonic 2006 sort of scared them off the big epic adventure idea, mm-hmm. um, and then every time you sort of tried to kind of come back to a more you know character or story focused version of him, you ended up with you know like Sonic Boom, where Rise of Lyric, where like yeah. that game was blatantly unfinished, and you know that was just a you know. There, it's not like there wasn't something possibly there, and it had a TV show supporting it, but the game was terrible. So yeah. what, you know, and not just terrible, and like you had a bunch of bad design ideas. It was terrible, and like you didn't finish the game. Like Knuckles could fly, like for uh, you could. Yeah, yeah you, <laughs> it was busted. It was really yeah. broken, and uh, it just happened, you know, over and over and over again. And now I think you're, you know, the Sonic cycle is well known. You know, everybody hates the new game, and then they. They give up on Sonic, and then they show the pictures of the new game, and everyone's like, "Oh, maybe this one will be good." And then, like, you, yeah. no, no, it sucks. You know, and then the cycle starts over. Because we want um, them to be good. Yeah, yeah. And, and a couple of you know, every once in a while, like Sonic Generations was good. Um, mm-hmm. Sonic Colors was good. But I'm talking about 15 year old games at this point. Yeah, um, that's hard to believe that they're that old. They're up there. Yeah, <laughs> those were Wii games, right? Both of them. Yeah, yeah. Nuts. Um, it's how long we've been waiting for a decent Sonic game, people. Yeah, the I mean week. the uh, episode Sonic episode four was actually pretty bad. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the the, the, the Sonic the <laughs> Sonic like... Unleashed stuff was pretty good. Like I didn't like the Werehog bits, but I thought yeah. the Sonic parts were good. Yeah, 
I mean, they Sega can handle making the Sonic parts. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't really fallen down on its face in that regard. It's the rest of the game. Yeah, what that, else? What do you? What, what do else you, are you gonna do? Yeah. What do you package around that? Yeah. Is sort of a big question. And uh, you know, I I do think that I mean, Sonic 2006 is nonsense and the weird thing where he's kissing the princess and all. I mean, that's a lot of that's very strange. But like, you know, the biggest problem with Sonic 2006 is that it was the most broken thing I'd ever played. Uh, that, yeah, I mean. There were load times between text boxes in that terrible. game. It was unworkable. Yeah. And, like, if, if it had just been, like, if it had been technologically complete, it would have been just sort of like, eh, meh, yeah. But, like, that it scared them off that idea for, <laughs> you know, what, that was 2006? So yeah. we're just 16 years later, uh-huh. uh, and they're kind of trying that again here. And I'm sure, you know, that's one of the reasons everybody has that sort of skeptical eye towards this <laughs> game. It's like, we remember the last time you did that. Uh-huh. Um. We, I remember pretty. the Play Magazine review. Yeah, well, that, wait, they that, gave it like a perfect score. Nine point five, <laughs> and then yeah. everyone's like, "Are you out of your mind?" And then like, and then Dave downgraded it to an eight point five because he said, "Oh, the things they said they were going to fix, they didn't, they fix. didn't fix." I'm yeah. like, "You're still not an eight point five no, territory." <laughs> yeah. Just astounding. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's the latest on Sonic. Uh, if there is a blowout between today and the show next week, we'll be sure to cover it. Next week, as it is right now, literally there's like 15 seconds of gameplay in the trailer. You can check it out. It probably is at the top of your sift at sifted.net. Oh, right. Now I remember what I thought you were going to bring up Oh, uh, that wasn't on the rundown was uh, KOTOR 2 on the Switch. Because oh. the interesting thing about it is they're going to provide the community-made uh, Sith content restoration mod as DLC on the Switch, which oh. has never been done before. It's the... It's the the fan-made thing that restores all the cut content and makes the ending make sense. Oh. That you've had... It's been available on PC for a long yeah. time, but it's never been available on console, and it's going to be DLC for the Switch version, which is great. Yeah. Also, I, I because of looking into that, I realized that the Switch versions of KOTOR is, and KOTOR 2 are actually the best console versions because they are the only console versions that are widescreen. Wow. That's a rarity. Yeah. That the Switch is the best console so version. So if you're going to get KOTOR, get it on the Switch. Wow. Okay. Uh, before we get going... Until they rem- remake it, then get it or whatever. <laughs> That's probably a PS5 yeah. exclusive, isn't it? Yep. Before we get going, let's check in with chat. You guys are in here chopping it up. Let's see what you guys got to say. Um, first of all, I want to thank everyone who hooked us up with Twitch Prime while Matt and I have been gabbing here. Wampler13, thank you. Karma Lounge, thank you. That's awesome. Um, Listeved, thank you for the Tier 1 subs. What else we got here? Steady Decline, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. What's up, Johnny Hurricane? Uh, Corey Film, thank you for Twitch Prime. Darmist, thank you. Who else we got here? A bunch of people. Toast9, thank you. This is awesome, guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, Any more? I think that's it for Twitch Prime, anyway. Now, let's see. Uh, Vincent says, I mean, would you think a fully open Mario game would work before Bowser's Fury showed it could? Yeah. I would. Yeah. Mario is much more versatile. Um, and we're used to him not yeah. just running all and the Mar- time. And Mario also runs around in open areas all the time. You know, they, yeah. they, they, they crack that in Mario 64. Yeah. Frankly. I mean, most of the levels in Mario 64 are wide open and you can run. Yeah. So I'm not surprised by that at all. Um, let's see if there's anything else you guys got going on in here. Doesn't look like it. Um, yeah. There's also, Vincent brings up, there's a state of play coming up here in the next couple of days. It could have some stuff for next week's show. Uh, Toast9, this must be the worst Q2 I've seen. I think you're right, Toast9. I mm-hmm. really think it is at the absolute worst second quarter I've ever seen in the game. Definitely industry. up there. 
And Matt and I, we've been through it, man. We've been through a lot of Q2s in this industry. Yeah. And this I mean, one... there have been some bad Q3s that I would compare to it, but not Q2s. Yeah, usually a Q2 is like banging, man. For what, especially the last like 10 years. Like, I, you know, back in the PS2 days, there were some bad summers. Like, there were some bad, like, there was, I, mean, I remember yeah. sitting in those, you know, show meetings trying to think of how to fill three shows in a week with what was coming out. And, we, you know, we were doing, that's how we ended up doing some of those PC games that no one else had ever made. <laughs> like, you watch some of the old X plays, and it's like, we reviewed that? Like, or the PSP is, games. Because, yeah. look, I was the one handling all that stuff, and I'm like, I have to fill three shows a week. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? This crappy, like, Road Rash clone for PSP. Because yeah. the other thing, too, about that show in general was a lot of times those games made the best segments. Right. Because they were bad and there was awkward stuff in them. Something that just weird, our like, producers could find that they could work with to pro- was, work together a skit or something. What was the company? It was like, it was a PC game publisher and they did, like, kind of B and C list games. And they always came. Was it? It was like a blue logo in like a rec. Was it Encore? Was that a? Thing? I mean, Encore, Encore was one of them that's but gone now. Like yeah, like it was like Hello Neighbor. Not you Hello know what Neighbor. did happen to them? Encore. I don't know. But they, they, they used to put out like fifty t- games. Yeah, a year. like like no matter what was going on, we could deter- we could find trust that Encore. Encore had like five games like they just sent to you that we got. Like, okay, so we can do Neighbors from Hell too or what? Ooh. Oh no. <laughs> The Sifted Sign is a big fan of Encore. They're not happy. <laughs> it's like, don't you talk trash don't about you Encore? Encore? They were nice to us. <laughs> no, that was. Uh, I, re- I remember. Yeah, I think it was Encore. Like the the blue logo with the uh, the O was like a star. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, like they always had something. Yeah. They were put. They they would put out like weird European shit all day. There used to be so many more publishers like Bam yeah. Entertainment. Like it would put out ten or twelve games a year. It's gone now. Like there's. I mean, just speaking of Kotor, of I'm I'm every time I see a Kotor thing, I'm the for the remake. I'm and or the remasters. I'm amazed that like. Aspire still. Aspire uh-huh. used to do the Mac ports uh-huh. of PC games in the 90s. Like yep. they, I can't believe they're still around. Somehow, some way. Uh, so anyway, that's all the housekeeping for Game Face 302. We're about to get into the heart of the show, but before we do that, here is a word from our sponsor. A once-in-a-lifetime property is now available in Northwest Montana featuring 92 acres of gorgeous wilderness, approximately one mile along the Blue Ribbon, trout-rated Kootenai River, and an eye-popping view of the Cabernet Mountain Wilderness area. This is truly an outdoorsman's paradise. You can use the restored and remodeled barn with living quarters as a year-round home, vacation cabin, fishing retreat, horse ranch, or cattle ranch. Contact Doug DeShazer today for additional pictures, information, and an opportunity to view this very special piece of Montana. And with interest rates starting to rise, now is the time to pull the trigger on a home or property. Even if you're not able to relocate to Montana, worry not, sifters. Doug DeShazer has facilitated home and land sales in California, Texas, Oregon, Washington, and many other states. He can find you the perfect real estate agent for the job, no matter where you live in the U.S. Feel free to contact Doug with any questions regarding real estate at DeShazerMT at gmail.com or give him a call at 406-291-1643. That's 406-291-1643. Thanks as always to DeShazer Ryan Realty for sponsoring Game Face. All right, it's time to get into episode 302. We're going to kick things off with a topic that I think Matt's going to want to discuss. I know I want to discuss it this week. 
Finally, we got our first look, Matt, at the next Star Wars game from Respawn. Star Wars Jedi Survivor was unveiled at Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim. Matt, why was Star Wars Celebration not held on the 5th of May? Um, because Memorial Day weekend is when the movies used to come out. Okay. But now that they've just fallen out of that pattern, they just keep doing it that same week just because... Because that's when Star Wars came out. Okay. That's it. Star Wars comes out the the week before Memorial Day. Like okay, that's, that's that's when Star Wars the first one came out when all the when all the sequels and all the the, the original the original trilogy and the prequels all came out that that week. So okay. that's when Star Wars Celebration happens. The the May the May the Fourth be with you thing is a recent invention. Like that's that does not have the cultural cachet of the actual release dates of the movies. Okay, um, so anyway, Star Wars Celebration respawn finally showed off. The game proper, although not that much. It's a very, very short teaser trailer. It's about a minute long. Um, didn't release a whole lot of information about no. the game either, unfortunately. Just that it's next year, which I think we knew. Early next year, too. Mm-hmm. Um, early next year. Next gen only. We knew that already. Yeah. Um, it's PS5 and Xbox Series consoles only and PC. So not no PS4, no Xbox One. Definitely no Switch, unfortunately, unless they find some kind of a cloud version or a streaming solution for it. Um, Matt, what do you think of this now that we've seen a little snippet of it? I mean, there's not much to think, really. It's it. That's Cal. <laughs> and I guess he's going to fight a guy. Who's that? That's an Inquisitor. That's the Grand Inquisitor. What's his relevance? Um, well, the Inquisitors hunt for Jedi in the times between the trilogies. And uh, so if he's after... Cal, it's because you know they—they basically they hunt Jedi and wipe them out. They are Jedi they, killers. Vader's hand is, is that Raiden from Metal Gear Solid? There, Matt. I, nobody knows who that is. <laughs> that isn't—that is somebody new. Although they're doing some weird, th- like they're. Let's bringing, actually go back and look at that. I'm not sure who that is. I don't recognize him. Um, I saw people joking that it was Raiden. I mean, I've yeah, I've seen mentions of Raiden, but like, um, I don't know. They—they uh, they brought in some weird stuff. So the. There's a there's a in the second episode of Obi Wan there's a kid who's smuggled off a planet, and they don't really mention who he is, but it turns out that that kid is Corin Horn, who in the old EU was the main character of the X Wing novels, hasn't been mentioned in like twenty huh. years. Wow! Like the fact that they're bringing him back in is like what are you planning? Like you know, and they're doing you know that's how they brought Thrawn back in. They brought all that you know everyone's sort of. There are rumors that Cal may show up in Obi-Wan because uh, Obi-Wan takes place in the same year as the first game. Yeah, that's something people have uncovered is that uh, it's set during the same time period yeah. as the Obi-Wan yeah. show on Disney Plus that just launched. Yeah, well, we knew that, like, you know, Obi-Wan's 10 years after episode three is, you know, uh, you know Fallen Order was the same time period. Uh, the second sister is the main villain in, in Fallen Order is in uh, a meeting in a shot from the Obi-Wan trailer. So they're all happening. Solo happens at the same time too. Like they're uh, all they're all happening kind of this ten this midpoint between the trilogies thing. Um, yeah, I don't know who the, whoever that guy is. I don't know. I mean his 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 uh, very if you pale, don't know, nobody his very knows. pale complexion <laughs> and the weird muscle suit makes me think he's some kind of weird Sith thing. Uh-huh. Although I guess he could be. Could be um, a Jedi. Could be a Jedi who was injured. Like he does. Like the long white hair uh, reminds me a little bit of Sindralig, hmm. who is the um, the 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 Jedi weapons master. Like he was the one who trained everybody in lightsaber combat, and is, he's based on Nick Gillard. It's, it's Nick Gillard backwards. Is Sindralig? He was the guy who did all the fight choreography for the prequels. Okay. Uh, and in fact, in, he's in um, the episode three game. 
that uh, the collective made. If you remember that one, yeah, I do. Remember. Um, he, he, there's a there's a boss battle against him, and he's based visually based on on the guy who did all the fight choreography. Um, Whoever this guy is, he's a big deal. But he had he had like a like a white silver haired ponytail, so that's the mm. only thing I can think of. Maybe I mean, he is, this his character is shown throughout the whole trailer. Yeah, but like he, things keep happening, but he keeps being intercut in with the edit. The the guy in the, the guy tank. in the water, yeah. yeah. They keep showing these quick cuts, like you don't. And then at the end, they're yeah. like, "Oh, it's a dude in this pot or whatever." Yeah, I'm not sure what the the he's either a clone of somebody or he's a injured something that could be a back to tank or he's healing from something. Um, that would explain the suit. Uh, very hard to say. Um, well, but, if you don't know, nobody knows. That's all I got to say. I Kyle. Se- I've seen theaters. <laughs> I've seen theories, but I certainly don't know who that is off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, so Stig did do, and he's the producer of the game at Respawn, did do a quick interview with StarWars.com where he shared a little bit of information. Um, he did say that it picks up five years after the events of Fallen Order. Um, Cal is accompanied by his trusty sidekick, BD-1. Um, Cal is one of the last remaining Jedi in the galaxy. He must acquire new skills and grow his connection with the Force to stay one step ahead of the Empire's constant pursuit. So it is kind of one of those games where someone is constantly coming for you trying mm-hmm. to find you, always hot on your heels, or hot on a cow's heels anyway. Um, and then Stig said, the game is all about survival. That's why it's called Jedi Survivor. They are in dark times, and Cal and his crew are doing whatever it takes to stay alive. That might mean that they are making connections with people that, in other times, might be considered unsavory. Which makes mm-hmm. me wonder if that's what that character is in the trailer. Um, some of that is portrayed in the trailer. And again, I don't want to give anything away, but there's definitely a sense of dot 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 i don't want to spoil anything sorry mm. and that's all the information that we got i um, mean it, to me that implies you're ending up in the underworld somewhere um yeah i don't know who that i mean i guess i guess he also kind of could be um what's his name can't remember his name that would be a deep cut but it's um you remember uh, empire at war like the real-time strategy game, like the Vaguely. big, huge one. Yeah. And they did an expansion called Forces of Corruption. Yeah, I do remember that. Uh, the guy who led the corruption forces in the expansion kind of had like the long white hair like oh. that. okay. And a mustache. Uh, I, I can't remember his name. But uh, maybe. I don't know. Um, they can kind of go wherever they want with it, although it would be out of character to introduce a new character. Yep. Uh, they like to bring back stuff that the fans know. Well, it's crazy. Um, BD1, isn't he in... Boba Fett, the Boba Fett TV show? No, that's a the droid of that make. Right. It's not him. Though. Right, but yeah. it's pretty cool that they created something for a video game that now has become canon. Oh, yeah. Um, well, the video, everything's canon in the Disney era. Yeah. Like, if they make it, it, it happened. Like, it's not like the old days where, like, oh, you just kind of... The, the video games are sort of, like, there if you want them. Like, the Fallen Order is, is canon as, you Anything know, Obi-Wan. Else? Like, this is happening. It's just... It wasn't, like, a droid that Disney sent Respawn. Respawn created mm-hmm. BD-1. Well, and Disney we was like, that's cool. Yeah, we don't, we don't know that for sure. No, Stig know? said that Stig in an interview. Said, yeah. That they made it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're willing to take... He said it's the thing he's most proud of, of mm. the whole thing. He, like, his whole career was that he created a droid that was accepted by Disney as mm. canon. And uh, will not, is now appearing in other Star Wars properties. Or as you said, it's the same class of droid. Yeah. BD-1's great. It's a great character. Yeah. It's what I remember the most from this game. Uh, it was definitely the thing that ma- I think made most people like Cal. Yep. Without BD-1, I don't think Cal is really much of a character. Agree. I agree with that 100%. 
Anything drastic that you want to see changed from the first game to the sequel? Um, I mean, I'd like to see them tighten everything up in general. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I like Fallen Order a lot, but like, I do think, you know, it has a it has a sloppiness to it. Yep. Especially in comparison, it could have to stood its, for another six months. Yeah, especially in comparison to its like, you know, some of its source material, which is the From games. There's a lot of From software influence there. And I feel like it could be tighter mm-hmm. in terms of combat and, you know, and a little floaty in the platforming. Or the it's just a little tweaks I would make. Um, also, for God's sake, fi- make the map better. Uh, the, ma- <laughs> the map is really bad. If you're going to make a Metroidvania, and, yeah. it better have a good map. And you need, and they need fast travel. I'd agree. Like, yep. if you're going to expect me to backtrack and go clean up the level and get all the collectibles and stuff, fast travel. You need to let me fast travel between the meditation points. Agree like, a thousand percent. Yep. Going back to play that game a second time was even worse because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I know I'm going to have to go back and do this. And like, and then you hit things where you're like, oh, I should do this now. And you're like, oh, I can't because I don't have the item. It's like, it's not like I'm backtracking because I missed something. I'm backtracking because I literally didn't have the ability to get it yet. Yeah. And yeah. now I got to go through this whole maze yeah. again. And I... You know, these are big levels. I forget where things are. I get lost over and over, you know, especially in the later ones. And uh, that's not fun. So yep. just let me fast travel back and solve the puzzle and get back to the ship. I agree with I thought they were going to do that with the, um, the, you know, the, 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 the Dathomir, the, the witch, you know, that you pick up as yep. a companion. I thought she was going to, like, teleport you. Because she can do that. You know, yeah, she can kind of teleport. Sense. And then they just didn't yeah. do that. Um, you don't even have to make it teleporting. You just, like, I don't know. Fade to black, play a shuttlecraft sound. Right and there, I am. Like I don't. Care. <laughs> I don't need an yeah. excuse. Just give yeah. it to me. Story in this was pretty great. I think. Yeah, it was good. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by the story. It in was this a, game. a very good appearance. You know, a lot of good integrations of the existing characters. Mm-hmm. Um, a really good Darth Vader appearance. Yep. Which is, they're not all great. <laughs> nope. Um, and uh, a good progression. You know, like I, I think this era where like you know that kind of desperate like you know everything's falling apart and everybody. It's sort of seeing this horrible regime sort of congeal in front of them. And, you know, there's people that won't let go of, you know, what used to be and people that say, like, oh, you just got to accept what it what is now. We lost the fight. And, like, you know, it's an interesting conflict, but not just between the Empire and and the Jedi or the, the, you know, the nascent rebellion, but the conflict within people over, like, well, do I fight even though it's pretty obvious I'm going to lose? Mm-hmm. Uh, or do I just keep my head down and, and, and you know? And there's uh there's it's an interesting question because in the end, you know, Yoda hid. Yeah. Yoda didn't do anything. Yeah, that's true. Know? And yep. and here you've got Cal running around trying to do this. You've got Obi Wan out there doing this. That you know, like like the the greatest Jedi Master uh, we we know we know just like went to a swamp place and fucked off for about twenty <laughs> years. And yep. And here you know like it's it's a you know it's an underdog story that like really clicks I think and it's interesting to see you know. Especially because of the the nature of the of the Jedi purge and the nature of sort of the the hunt, you know, you, you really get to play the Empire up as the bad guys without any remorse. Yep. Um, the Inquisitors help with that too. Um, you know, there's no ambiguity in this era. Like it's it's the iron fist of a of a fascist regime coming down on a galaxy that doesn't really know what happened. Like the desperation of the Star Wars galaxy is sort of really being leaned into these days in this and in Obi-Wan and all that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's, you know, people talk about it's like, oh, what fictional universe would you want to live in? Like, I bet you'd want to live in Star Wars. So you gotta, I'm like, Hell no! no. Like, Are you crazy? <laughs> 99% of the population of Star Wars seems to live this horrible existence. Yeah. Like, 
And like, it's not a place I would like to live. You know, and there's, you know, there's room to address the idea that like you've got the senators and stuff in the prequels that are just like, dude, do you know what's going on outside? Yeah. Like, have you seen? But also, it's like there's there's a question of like with all these different alien cultures and rules and laws and ethics and religion, like we mesh all that together. Is this the best they can do? Maybe. Yeah. You know, like it's just so disparate. So yeah. there's trillions and trillions of beings in the Star Wars galaxy that they're trying to to govern, and it's, and it's just everyone falls through the cracks. Like the society is just all cracks now. Yeah. Um. And I think that's an, you know, this is, Star Wars is a dystopia, and people don't really think about that a lot. But um, I think the nature of the Jedi Fallen Order, and especially Jedi Survivor, the way Stig is describing it, can really lean into that. And I'm sure that's part of what he means by you know associating with more unsavory elements yep is there's always someone worse in, yeah. in star wars there's <laughs> that's always true. a worse place that's to true end actually yeah. yeah that's a good point yep uh i'm really excited for this we have basically a year at this point um yeah. to get more excited for it because it's still not coming into early 2023 mm-hmm. also his his lightsaber just went up for went for sale at, at the parks oh really so you can buy his lightsaber that's a big um, deal and it's got one end one end is all destroyed and cut because it was, you know, it's twisted off the the double saber, and then yeah. it has a, repl- a replacement end that makes it a nice finished saber. And then if you buy two, you can connect them together to, uh. to make a double saber. And I did see a guy walking around with it's like six and a half feet long. Oh my god! And he was just walking around with this giant thing, <laughs> and it was just like. I, I didn't get one because I actually don't like his saber design very much. His default saber. Yeah. Um, some of the pieces you can customize it with look really cool, but it's his just his standard one, and I'm not super into that. But it was a, it was cool to see people walking around with a, a lightsaber, like a big, nice metal, you know, replica lightsaber of something that came from a video game. Yeah. You know, just like I seeing a BD one yep. or seeing a BD droid in Boba Fett. It's like, oh yeah, like like it, cross pollinization yeah. is happening. In Star Wars. It's fun to see. It is. It's pretty cool. Um, so anyway, there you go. That is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. All we have is that little teaser trailer that I just showed you like four times in a row. If you didn't get enough of it. Um, when do you think we'll hear more about this game, Matt? Uh, game Awards? That's what I was going to say. <laughs> like, yeah. like maybe like a real trailer? Yep. Real trailer. Yeah, probably the first legit trailer for yeah, the game. Yeah, I wouldn't surprise me if like Jeff did a little stand-up with Stig. Mm-hmm. You know, like that kind of thing. Yep. Because it's going to be time. Yep. So, yeah, I expect we'll see more of this around the holiday season at the Game Awards in December, to be a little more specific. Uh, Let's move on. We're going to talk next about the first game of Episode 302. We're talking about games today, people. There are video games to talk about. Uh, Definitely the biggest release of the week. Most weeks in most years would not have been the case, but in no, 2022... There, there, there's a timeline in which we don't even talk about this game. And, and well, <laughs> this is the fifth game in the series, and I do not believe we have ever spoken about the first four games in this series. Maybe not. I've played them all. Have you? Yeah. I have not. The last one I had played was the second one. I definitely have played all of them. I... And I played one of I played I think I played four at E3. I think I actually went I just wandered out because I knew some of the rebellion guys from mm-hmm. back in the day and I wandered past and saw them and I'm like, hey, and they're like, hey, come play this. I just sat they put me in a beanbag and gave me like drinks food and, and drinks and I just <laughs> I just played Sniper Elite Four for like an hour. I'm just like, I'm okay, this is My fun. feet are killing me. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that. I, you often do get roped into things like that at E3 where they prey on the fact that you're dead tired. Mm-hmm. And they're like, if I can give this journalist someplace to sit. Yep. They may hang out for a while. Very true. <laughs> it works. Absolutely. That was epic strategy at GDC back in the day when they were showing yeah. off Unreal 3. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on in. There's beer and there's tables and chairs. Yeah. And 
<laughs> you sit in this beanbag and look at this monster. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Sure. Uh, the game that we're talking about is Sniper Elite 5. Um, again, I have not played anything in this franchise since the second one. Um, I think for a lot of people, what they remember most about this game and this franchise in general is the X-ray sniper shots where... The, as soon as you fire, it goes into this cinematic camera that follows the bullet as it travels towards the enemy. It gets to the enemy, it goes to this x-ray view, and it shows you anatomically what is happening inside mm. that Nazi's body. As Most you... famous for um, being able to shoot people's balls off. Yep, yep. You can shoot almost anything off in yeah. this game. It's very, very detailed. And it will show you in exactly, oh, right on cue yeah. here. Here's... The other thing I really like about this, the last couple, I mean, I don't remember when they started. I think they started doing this in three, mm-hmm. or maybe it was four. I can't remember. Whatever one, the first it, one was that they did this was the last uh, one that I played. Well, they've always done this. What I'm talking about is there's another thing where you spot them with binoculars, and if you hold it on them, they'll give you a little factoid about yeah, the soldier. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I like those a lot. Wait, the always... first one had the x-ray? I think they've always had. I thought it was really? always the gimmick. As well, then that's the last one I played. Whatever the first one was that had the X-ray, that's the last Maybe one it was that two, I. But I, I feel like they've always had that. I, don't, I, I certainly associate that with uh, this. What that's oh, yeah. what defines that's the what series. That's what this IP is known for. Yeah. But like, I love that. Like, like this this guy you just shot. If you look at him with the binoculars, uh, he takes pot shots at stray cats. So I murdered him first. <laughs> um, and some of them are like sad, and some of them are like you know, like some are like. You know, they're they're humanizing these like soldiers on the ground mm-hmm. and stuff, and some of them are like unrepentant, horrible Nazis, and mm-hmm. like some of them are just like you know German kids that got pulled was in dirt poor. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> or, like like one up. guy is is like um, has been saving part of his rations every week to feed a stray dog in the area. Right, right. And I'm just like, oh, you're still gonna you're still die. a Nazi. You're still, yeah, you're, I'm still gonna kill you, but I'm I'm gonna maybe feel a little wor- more bad than my other. Maybe I'll just headshot you first instead of maiming yeah, you your knee. You won't suffer. I'm not gonna <laughs> kneecap you and then hunt you. With it. Um, yeah, so like that's that's cool. Like, there's a lot of attention to detail in the in, in the game in terms yeah. of that, that presentation, and I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yeah, for sure. Um, it does star the same guy. Yeah, this guy's busy. Carl Fairburn. Um, it is set in northern France right around D-Day. Mm-hmm. Although the plot in this game <laughs> isn't isn't exactly the reason to play it, I guess is the best no. way to put it. No, you're, you're here for the, for the gameplay. Yeah. For the sniping and the sneaking. Yep. Um, you run into people from various countries mm-hmm. who are your allies, and you're always trying to find yeah. intel that leads you... A couple of them you... are returning characters, but like... I was like, really? Sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, even the main character in this game is basically just... No, he's like BJ Blazkowicz's, like, bro. forgotten younger yeah, brother. BJ's yeah. bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this nondescript, completely forgettable Yeah, he's just like character. a like a standard-issue white man. Yep. And right there, you're seeing one of the new features in this game, which is the ability to climb up walls yeah. using vines. It only took him five games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get to my conclusion on this game in a little bit. It ties into what you just said in a lot of ways. Um, so this is, obviously, it's called Sniper Elite 5. It's supposed to be a sniping game. However, this game is probably 50-50 sniping and, like, run-and-gun gameplay. Yeah, maybe even less. La- I mean, there's a lot of sneaking... You can run and gun if you want, but the game doesn't want you to. Yeah. Um, it teaches you very quickly that you probably shouldn't do that. Yeah, the, in part because the aim sucks. Oh, my God, does um, it suck. Unless you're sniping, the aim then sucks. Then it's fine, yeah. yeah. But any other gun, it is so herky-jerky. 
Mm-hmm. Like just trying to fine tune, it's impossible. It's so frustrating. It's like you. T- I need to aim up just a little bit. It always goes too far. Boink. Yeah, and then you try to aim down a little bit. It goes too far. It's always better to sneak up on them. Yep, and that's what I do. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'll just crouch and walk through the weeds. And mm-hmm. and there's some discrepancies with how the cover works in this oh game. Oh my god! So <laughs> I have had a hard time continuing to play this because uh-huh. the cover is so bad. And yeah. Uh, the, the first, system the first thing too. I ended up doing is turning off the invasion thing. I because suffered with it for a while. No, the cover system is not. Like, I would hide behind shit, and they would just hit me in the head because my, the guy's head was sticking out. Well, Matt, there's you no know way to control you that. You know they're a human playing that. Yeah. Right? Okay. But, like, if I'm in cover, why is my head exposed? Yeah. Like, that's not what cover means, Well, game. see, the cover only works with the AI. Because the AI but is I'm talking told to, to but not I'm, see you while you're in the But I'm talking about hiding behind like a doorway or a wall. Like the cover like, system. Like if yeah. I'm in cover in a video game, I should be in cover. Yeah, I and agree. I, and yeah. I'm sitting here like behind a wall trying to like look out, you know, kind of like what you do in every Gears of War style game. You're kind of and like, and his head's just hanging out in the middle of the door, and so any human player can see it and shoot you. It's stupid. I mean, the whole invasion thing, it, I. I put up with it for way too long. I put up with it for two levels, and then the second time when I realized, because like I also I I'm, I failed a mission like that I was gonna yeah, succeed because well, I'm pretty I'm pretty meticulous in in these games, and I like to reload if I blow my my stealth or something and try to do it right. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't do that when you're doing being invaded because there's another player you can't reload. Yeah, and so I, I, sometimes like this interferes with the way I want to play this game, and I don't like. Same here. Human interference, so yeah. I just turned it off. So, for, so we can explain this a little better. The invasion is a lot like Dark Souls or Elden Ring. Other mm-hmm. players can come into your game through the internet and hunt you down, basically. And there are yeah. these phones located around the map. You can call on the phone, and they will give you the location of the person who's invaded your game. So it's this cat and mouse thing. Yeah, and the location is just like the current location, right? So that can, that moment, yeah, where that where that sniper is that just invaded your game. I found that, like, they just killed me over and over again. Yep. Because I'd, I'd be paying attention to, like, the mission objectives and not being killed by the AI or the CPU, and he'd walk right up behind me and just kill me. Like, I just got sick of it and just turned it off eventually. Yeah, I, I would, you know, I would hide and kind of, like, you know, be in cover and st- get indoors. And, and, like, every time I would be, like, hiding behind something, and I'm like, okay, I'm behind this thing. Okay, there he is. And I'd see the thing. And now he could just shoot me. Yeah. Like... Even though I, you know, I'm behind cover, I mean, there's no dedicated cover button. It's not like you press a thing to go on cover; he just sort of automatically sticks to whatever. If you hit, but his head, the character model's head sticks yeah. out. Yeah, like it's, it's not it's real. Stupid. He doesn't really lock into the cover either. No. It's like if you if you're crouched and you get near cover, he will automatically nestle into the cover. But it's very easy to pull him off. And as you said, his arms, his head, mm-hmm. they're not actually covered. When he goes into cover, and you're right, like I ended up turning off the invasion. Yeah, so stuff it just as becomes well. like you're just running like a madman to get away from this other player, which is like not how the game is supposed to be played. Yep. It just feels like it breaks the whole thing. Yep. Uh, like if talk- I had if I had like dependable like Gears of War style cover to play with, that would I would be much be more interested in that kind of cat and mouse thing. But you can't play cat and mouse when the mouse can't hide. No, it's true. Yep. So as we mentioned, like the aiming is really off. Um, I will say one thing for it: the auto aim isn't like over overly generous. No, no, it's, it's... Um, it does rely on the player aiming, but the aim sucks, so it's very frustrating. Yeah, it's weird that like the aim and the sniper rifles are so dependable, and the aim with like a pistol or a machine. Yeah. It's just like what or a machine gun or SMG. Where are you going? Yeah, I, it's really hard to accurately aim. Um, I also found that like the fire rates and like the reload times and all that stuff. It was just very. And I get this is set during World War II and guns were what they were back then. 
and I think they try their best to be as historically accurate as possible, but I just never, in general, felt comfortable with the gunplay in this game. I felt no. like if I ever got caught out in the open, like I might as well just load up the game. Yeah, and I think that's seems to be intentional because yeah. like the other the last two games have been that way too. Like it's yeah. always been. I will say that um this one feel and maybe it opens up later. I'm not very I mean, I'm not even halfway through the the campaign missions, but like the Sniper Elite 4 starts you in a giant open area in a big I think in like a desert almost, like mm-hmm. a big field area. And that's a big field area in like France or Germany or something or maybe it's Italy. Um, but you have basically have a giant open place to go through and like you can like if you're good enough you can snipe people from like you know a mile away and they'll never even know where it came mm-hmm. from that's very satisfying and then this really feels like you know at first off you're like okay there'd be a little little linear section where they teach you how the controls work but it never really stops being that no the, the level mission. i think the level design in this ab- absolutely sucks yeah it's it, it, the other like sniper, it's not an open world don't be fooled by watching this no, footage i would i would encourage you to go at some point and it's not like we have anything better to do go, <laughs> go back and try sniper elite 4 and see how the first mission in that it compares to this because it's night and day yeah it's literally night and day but it, so there in fact, are, I think it is during the day. So it is literally night and day. So there have been situations in this game where I will alert. There's alarms in this game. Mm-hmm. And they see you. They pull them, like, immediately. And it just floods the map with enemies. And I would try to get away. And I would run all the way back. Yeah, they, they know. You can't. They you can't get are. away. You can you can run all the way back. It'll I've, say, like, like boundary or whatever yeah. there you get to a point where there's an invisible wall they're like no you can't go any yeah, further and there's bizarre and they'll track things. you all the way to that point and kill you in this cattle shoot that's the problem there, with the level design. bizarre things were like you know they'll find a body like there have been times when i you know I, i'm like you know two you know you, you know that's how these games work there's like oh group aside group of guys here kill them get past it group yep. of guys here forgot so I'm like two groups past a group, and I and I, I didn't hide. I don't hide the bodies all the time. Like, I okay. hardly ever hide them. And yeah. like, and at some point it says body found, and I can mm-hmm. look back where I came from, and I see the little yellow, you know, exclamation uh, question mark. Yeah. Like There's three, and the guy just beelines to he where I am now. I'm like, what did you do? Yeah. Like, how did you know I was over here? I'm like, I'm like a quarter mile away. Like, and he just, wa- like, he literally walked straight to me. The enemies always know where you are in this game. That drives me crazy. Yeah. The level design. So there are open areas where it'll break open, but there's tons of cattle shoots where you're literally running mm. down this pathway that has shrubs on both sides. You can't get out of it. So if the enemies trap you in one of these tubes, you're dead mm. because there's no way to get out of the tube. There's no exits on the side of the tubes. Yeah, there's, there's sections where I'm just like, why can't I just climb over that? Yes. like The clamoring is completely inconsistent. Whether you can climb over something or whether you can jump up and grab a ledge, it's completely yeah, random. There was a point where, like, um, I'm trying to. I was trying. I finished the main objective in the first mission, and there was a pl- other player, a sniper, like blocking the main road, to, by the, which I had to get to the other side of the map to get to the safe house at the end of the mission. And I'm like, oh, I'll just climb over this section over here and go across that field, and I can cut you cut around and not not take the road, and he'll never see where I am. And I couldn't hop over any of the fences because yep. they were just arbitrarily things I couldn't mount yep. over. So I'm like, what? And like, you can run around in that field in the middle if you come at it from the other side, but I just couldn't get to it that way. And it didn't, it's not, there wasn't even like barbed wire over nope. it. It was just like, no, it's you just, just can't go that random. way because we're going to yeah. funnel you down this road. So you have to deal with a guy who's trying yep. to snipe you. And it's just like, that is not what Sniper Elite is to me. It's yep. it's weird. Like Sniper Elite 4 especially was so open-ended. And they try with it. Like, there's like three different ways to solve the main mission in the first mission. Yep. You know? Like, as you, that kind of reveals itself as you go. But, like, it doesn't really matter because you're forced to go the same direction every time. Yeah. 
There's no jumping in the game. Little to no climbing. As we said, it's hard to tell what you can and can't climb over. Um, I just was left completely cold by this. Yeah. And, and that's not... I, I like Sniper Elite 3 and 4 a lot, and I like the zombie ones a lot. Like, I, mm-hmm. I like this series. And I just... This is not what I want out of Sniper Elite. It checks a lot of boxes. It has workbenches where you can go to yeah. upgrade your weapons. And the interface is basically the Pick 10 system from Call of Duty. It is. Straight up ripped off. And it's just as completely <laughs> incremental as like, oh, none of this feels meaningful. Even all the skills and the skill trees are like, I don't care about any of this. There's, well, the health. Like, I cared about the extra health Well, bars. I don't care about the extra health because if I get in a situation where someone's going to... I'm you like, just reload I'm, I'm anyway. just reload. Like, that means I fucked <laughs> That's up. That's a good point. Um, there are and, three oh, skill other, trees, oh, but the there's only, thing, what, like six things in each skill tree? Yeah, it, well, it's, it's a middle thing and two on each side. So cardinal direction. So, so it's like nine. Nine, yeah. nine per. Yeah, did this keep having any deal? I would kill a guy and... Like, you know, a, a close-up melee stealth kill. And when his body would fall on me, I'd start getting hurt. No, I didn't notice like he, that. It, hap- it, hap- it happened that dozens of times. Like, I'd stab him, and he'd fall against, like, a wall or something. And as I was standing over him to, like, search the body, like, all of a sudden the screen would go red, and he'd be like, ow, 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 ow. And I could be learning, losing, like, tiny micro slivers no. of health until I stepped away from the body. Are you sure you weren't bleeding? No. Huh. I, I was not. That's a mechanic in this too. And that's I was not an, touched at all. Like I was literally, if I was too close to one of the bodies having a physics moment, it would just start hurting me. Huh? No, I didn't have any of that. Luckily, uh, there's different ammo types. There's like subsonic ammo, which means that the enemies can't hear you when you fire. Uh, there's armor piercing ammo. Um, you use like a weapon wheel to swap through all that. It's actually a lot like Horizon Forbidden West and how you switch weapons yeah. and switch your ammo types. Um, as I mentioned, there's vines to scale walls, which is surprisingly new. There's also <laughs> zip lines, which is surprisingly new. <laughs> like, I don't think there's a lot of zip lining in World War II. No, uh, <laughs> there's um, the auto you don't saves. Hear those stories. The auto saves sometimes screw me. Yeah, you, it'll yeah, auto save. You'll die. You'll come back, and you'll already be dead. Mm-hmm. And there's you're surrounded by dudes. And, and there are three auto save slots. But they save shockingly close to each other. They do. It doesn't do you any good no. to select one of the other ones. It's bizarre. Like, I've had to go back and just, like, completely start at the last checkpoint because the autosave just screwed me. Yeah. Because you'll respawn and you're just in the middle of a bunch of enemies and they shoot you and you die. It's so it's And you a also lot of... cannot, when you're bleeding out, there is no way to just choose to bleed out. Uh, so yeah, yeah. so when you fall, when you're down in this game, you can use a medic kit to revive yourself and get back up. If you have that skill. If you have the skill, right. <laughs> like the, that's the Which first, I do. It was one of the first yeah, things. Yeah, it's the first one you probably get. It was. Yeah. And, but you're like, do I want to use the med kit here? I don't. So if you choose that you don't want to use the med kit and you just want to bleed out and start at the checkpoint, you have to sit and watch the meter go all the way down. There's no button that just lets you select, okay, I just want to bleed out and die. It's mm-hmm. like there's all kinds of little things like that in this game where they in over time they end up adding up unfortunately yeah. if it, especially because like i feel like i've always um like i would put the other at least certainly three and four i would put like kind of in the same um the same school as hitman mm-hmm. you know you've got a big level and you can kind of do things that you want and kind of get through and figure out ways to play with things and stuff this one just lost it's so weird to me that so many uh, so many of the things in this are as irritating or like seem like half baked as they are because I I consider Sniper Elite to be kind of a solved equation, mm-hmm. you know. Like I don't I don't feel like you didn't need to really reinvent anything in this game, but they 
it, it doesn't feel right in comparison to the last one or even the last zombie one for that matter. It's so weird. Like, I, I usually really like these. I was looking forward to playing this. Wow. I was and not. <laughs> I, I kind of knew I what I was getting games, into. And I just, I don't like this one very much. Yeah. I mean, I've, I wouldn't say I completely hate it. I mean, I've continued to play it. Yeah, I don't hate it, but it's like, it just makes me think like, oh, I think I'd just rather play four again. Huh. Four, I, had, I four was it, so much wider open and so much more creativity and how you could do a lot more sniping yeah like it was a lot more sniping frankly well it's like the enemies know where you where you are at all times but they're also dumb as dirt because you can walk like in their cone of vision and they won't see you Mm -hmm. and you can walk right behind them and assassinate them but it can be you hide behind like the i I remember the first thing i learned about like oh this is bad was i was high i was like a guy it was two guys like in front of me on the other side of cover and I'm like, okay, so I'll throw a bottle. Because there are bottles everywhere in the area. So I'm like, yep. okay, clearly they want me to distract them. Yep. You know, clip a bottle, throw the bottle over the, the cover to the other side, uh, smash it, and they go, whoop. And then he turns and looks right at me and sees me through the cover. Instead of looking, instead of looking at where, at where the, where the noise was, it looked. He looked at where the bottle was thrown from and it instantly saw me through the cover. Yeah. Um, it's very weird. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. It, there's an inconsistency to it. It's like, yeah. like if they, if they're looking for you and you are moving around in the tall grass, they'll see you. Yeah. If you're holding still, they won't see you. But if you come up, they come up to you and see you, and you melee them as fast as you can, their thing will turn red, but it will still count as a ghost kill. Right. But sometimes it will also alert one of the other guards. Or they'll pull the alarm. But, and like, <laughs> if, it's, if, it, if it was Load a ghost save. kill, how did another guard notice it? Because right. that, isn't that the definition of a ghost, ghost kill? kill? Yeah. Like, it's just, there's an inconsistency to it that I do not associate with this series that I was really disappointed by. Yep. Uh, graphics are solid, but unspectacular. Um, facial animation and the faces in general are pretty poor. Yeah, it's not uh, not next-gen only. <laughs> it's de- it's de- after coming off playing games like Horizon Forbidden West, boy, it's hard to look at the well, characters. Well, to be fair, it looks a lot better than the vampire game. That's true. So. <laughs> That's a good point. We're working on a scale here, Kyle. <laughs> um, it's a step up from last week. Yeah. Uh, I'll at least give it that. And then kind of my overarching opinion of this game is that this studio is very close mm-hmm. of becoming like a AAA developer. It's like there's just these little things about the game, like the, the presentation isn't there yet. Like the in-game gameplay isn't so bad, but like the cinematics and the storytelling, those are all those all fall well short. Mm-hmm. Um, Although the ideas behind the cinematics are good, like like yeah, like I get what you're after. Like that's a cool scene when, when like, those guys get nailed with the the. Although that was kind of your job to make sure that doesn't yeah, happen. Exactly. Yeah. The, they don't seem to get into that too much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like with with a with a step, it's kind of like Greedfall. It's like it, yeah. it's a little bit more, and you would be there. You're almost there. Yeah. 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 So I do feel like this studio is like on to something. It's so close to being yeah. a great developer. But, but, but they've been so close like three games now. Uh-huh. Like Sniper Elite 4 was like that. It's like, oh man, like if you could tighten this up a little bit more and like get more people to realize it exists. Like putting it on Game Pass is a good move. Good idea. Like they're yeah. all I think three, four, and five are all on Game Pass now. Oh. But I would strongly re- suggest you know, downloading four and trying that first level and seeing how different that is. It's a much better experience. Like I was shocked by how cattle shooty the the this, the level this design game felt. in this. Yeah. yeah, it's annoying. It's like if you stir some people up, there's no getting away. Mm-hmm. You can retreat all the way back to the beginning, and they will track your ass all the way back to the beginning of the level and shoot you and kill you. Yeah, it's definitely not. Um, 
Yeah, it's definitely not like that in four. Yeah, interesting. Like, like they're pretty dumb in four, but you can play with them. Like, yeah, you know, like you can mess around with them and you can back off and hide in things, and they'll, they'll walk right past you. And in this, they even you know, like I try to do the thing where like you know, you this was this is standard in in these games in general, but also like Sniper Elite. Like, okay, I'm gonna make noise right here, and then I'm gonna back away like ten. Yeah, feet, so it attracts. And go them. look at the where the. But they don't go look at the noise. They look at where I am now. Yeah. And it's like, that. Why, oh, that, why would you do that? Why would yeah, you change really that? Dumb. It's so weird. I mean, I can still kill them, but it's like, yeah, that's not what I wanted them to do. It's, it's not what they should do. Yeah. Yeah. So it I is, conv- as someone who's been a fan, you know, more or less of these games, um, I'm just surprised by a lot of it. I'm just, I was like, oh, I, like, I think the, 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 the sound I made the most playing this game was like, oh, like, it's like why? why yeah, because you played that... the one prior and you'd, yeah. why would you'd that see be how different? close they were. And then... I guess maybe, maybe you know, play four and see what you think. Because like maybe they, it's more cattle shooty early on in this game because people, the feedback was like, oh, it's so wide open, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Mm. But like in the in four, you are organically discuss. You know, basically they just drop you and they're like, well, you got to figure out what you're gonna. And like as you go through, like mission objectives sort of pop up and you realize you need to do this with this and like that. It's much more free form and much more. There's stuff you can miss. There's stuff you can discover. There's like, it's it's way more interesting. And like you, oh, well, I can go up that that bell tower and see what I can see. Oh, I can see up here. I can see. I can spot this, 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 and this. Okay, that might be something interesting over there. I'm gonna go over there and see what that is. And like they're in, insure the stuff in there, and you get a new weapon that you can, it goes in your arsenal, and you can switch to it later if you want, or upgrade it if you want. Like yeah. there's, it makes a lot more sense. Um, you know, it almost felt like maybe influenced by Metal Gear Solid Five in that in that regard, where it was just like, oh, go see things, and then go to those things and see what happens. Uh, and this is just more. This feels very bog standard run through the level yep and that's not what i associate with this series now you mentioned it's free on game pass this month i don't know how long it's going to stay there um but obviously if you are a game pass subscriber go check it out i mean it's really really yeah, but dry I, right but now. again i would encourage you to check out four yeah because i think that's also on game pass right okay now. the um, rub here though and if it's not it's like ten dollars yeah <laughs> well the rub here with this game in particular sniper elite five is that if you're not a game pass subscriber this game is sixty dollars oh, yeah. It is a full-priced yeah, game. Yeah, they've always been full-priced games, yeah. No thanks. Like, I would pay I, 40 I, for this game. I paid full maybe. price for 4, and I wasn't unhappy with that. Really? Yeah. Okay. 4 is really good. Wow. Um, it's It wasn't this, I'll tell you yeah. that much. I got way more fun with 4 than this. This feels like a $40 game to me. Like, the epitome of the yeah. $40 game. No, 4 felt pretty full-fledged. Okay. Um, and and there pretty, is multiplayer in this as well. Yeah, um, I don't know why... I don't know why anyone ever guess, play it, but and you could go, you can do the the Axis invasion stuff yourself if you want to. Yeah, you can be the invader if you games. want. Like if you want to go ruin people's good times, you want to go show them how the cover system doesn't work. Yeah, because that is turned on by default. I would yeah. add, and it keeps turning itself back on. Oh, really? I, every time I start the game up again, I, I go in through. I'm like, oh, is that on? I look and it's back on. Oh, it, it keeps turning itself back. Oh, on. Oh wow, I have to pay attention to that. Well, if I play any more of this, which. I don't think that's going to Because if you get stuck in that lot, the only way to get out of it is for that I could see is to quit the level and start it over. Yeah, you can't. You can't turn it off mid-game yeah. because it makes you can, sense. You like, can turn it off in the level if you realize it's on and they haven't come in yet. Mm-hmm. But if you've already, if someone's there, already in... You can't boot them out. Yeah. yeah. Which yep. I guess you know, makes sense, but at the same yeah. time, it's like you could be a little more consistent about the, the option I chose. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so anyway, that's Sniper Elite 5. It is available for everything but Switch. It's uh, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, but it is a full $60 uh, if you are not a Game Pass subscriber. I don't think either one of us would recommend buying it at that point. No. I mean, they might. They, there's nothing in it that couldn't be fixed. 
So they, you know, there might be patches coming, or they might be able to tweak some of it. Like it might just be kind of unfinished. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess. I mean, obviously, you can mess with this Game Pass, but like, uh, even if you get it on Game Pass, maybe it's not a good time to judge it yet. Yeah, depending on how it goes in the yeah. future. All right, let's see what people in chat are saying about this game. Um, if anything, um, sneaky Charlotte Snake could patches fix it? Maybe. I think, yeah, I think they could. Um, a lot of it just feels like there's a lot of half-baked stuff in it, and it just feels like maybe they could polish it up and make it a little better. Like, there's nothing saying that you couldn't make the AI a little more like the, the AI in the other games, because, like, right now it's just frustrating. Eve Demon says, standard B-tier Eurojank, and honestly good. We need more of that. I don't know that we need more of it. I, mean, I, I like more of the, the, the B-tier Eurojank of 4, not, not this one. This so is... it turns out I was right. Vincent says that X-Ray was introduced in Sniper mm-hmm. Elite 2. So I know. I mean, I sniper, that's what sniper Elite One. What was that like? Two thousand two or something? Like that, that was. Those are, <laughs> no this series idea. goes way back. This is, this is an, it's been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, see if we have any other questions about this. I doubt it, though. It's not a high-profile game. Everyone's like chomping at the bit to get the play. Um, Vincent, do you think the developers put it on Game Pass because they knew it was half baked? No. I don't think this is a scenario like a lot of them that we have where. The developer is put under pressure by the publisher to get the game out like on X date. No, I, I, I think I think there's just a bunch of uh, inadvisable decisions. Yeah, here. like because yeah. because it feels like a lot of it, the stuff I like don't like feels like it's working the way it's supposed to work. I just don't like that. That's how it works. It is a little odd that a series got worse. Yeah, typically, even if it's just incrementally. Every franchise gets at least a little bit better with each new entry. Now, yeah. there are obviously there's exceptions to that rule, but... And you can't solve the cattle shoot problem with patch. I mean, that no, levels are going to be... that's level it. design. I mean, I would hope that, like, later levels become more like the older, like, you know, the previous game's open-ended thing. But, like, I don't want to play through this crap to get to it, you know? I'm pretty far, and it hasn't happened no. yet, so I don't know. I'm only on the, on the... I think I finished the third mission. And then I went to start the fourth one, and I'm like, eh, yeah. like, maybe not. There were multiple times where I wanted to quit playing, I'll be honest. Uh, especially, like, I think it's the second mission where there's this castle that you're trying to get to towards the end of the mission, and it's just crawling with enemies. Mm. And they all have alarms everywhere, they- and they're just constantly pulling the alarm, and it's just... I got to the point where I had taken down, like... Five different herds of alarm poles. Like snipers don't generally go sneaking around through buildings. Yeah, not really yeah, good. it's very weird choices. Yep. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's Sniper Elite Five. Matt and I say stay stay away from it if you have to pay for it, but it's worth giving it a go if you are a Game Pass yeah. subscriber. And then play four. Yeah, because four is good. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't know that, but I'll take Matt's word for it. I trust him on that one. Uh, okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next about. Bethesda exclusivity is coming up again. Windows Central's Jez Corden shared this week that he was privy to information that Bethesda's Indiana Jones game will also not be an Xbox exclusive. Why, Matt? License. Do you think that whenever they first started working on this, that they were they signed a deal with PlayStation and no. now they're just beholden to that deal? No. I think this is Lucasfilm saying, if we're going to do this, we want our ga- our property on everything. Huh. They want more exposure. Hmm. This is the licensor, I think, saying, 
like we don't want this to be an exclusive because we want it to be available to as wide an audience as possible. Do you think that Xbox with all these acquisitions are going to keep running into this issue? I mean, I don't I can't think of any other licensed games that Bethesda has. Yeah. I mean, if it ends up not I'm not just saying Bethesda, but Activision and all these other mm. There are uh there are contracts to fulfill. Um I don't think you're going to run into that with any of your new projects. Yeah. How big of a deal is this that this appears like it's going to keep dragging on that these games that Xbox owners would it's just not. assume would be exclusives and they're not? It's not an issue at all. You don't think so? Indiana Jones being on both systems is not going to matter. But I'm talking more about like the accumulation effect of okay, well, it's not Call of Duty and it's not now. I mean, Bethesda has put out like two PlayStation exclusives since it was bought by Xbox. Yeah, I mean, you're just fulfilling contracts that already existed. That's all. When I mean, Starfield, Starfield when Star- looks like it's going to be exclusive. When Starfield is only on Xbox, you know, that'll be the other way around, you know. And probably Elder Scrolls, but we'll have to wait until we're in our 50s before that happens. Yeah. Um, do you think that Elder Scrolls will be exclusive to Xbox? Yes. You do? I don't think you pay $4 billion for that company without keeping that to yourself. Even though Pactor claims that the reason this is happening is because those games were already available on PlayStation, and that's why they have to keep being released for a PlayStation? Yeah, that's I don't. That's not a thing, as far as, I, as far as I know. I mean, I guess you could do that if you wanted to, if you, wanted to, if you still wanted the revenue from it, but I don't think that that's what they plan to do there's i think no, there's part nothing of that too. Pre- there's nothing preventing like that's not a thing like you can just switch things to be ex- it's like you know like I, i've never heard of that in anything before the idea that like you've put this on this before so you have to put the sequels on it too like that's not a thing well no he's just he's saying that they're trying to avoid investigations by the ftc they don't they don't want to do anything that'll make waves that would cause a governing well, body by the time Elder Scrolls comes out, they'll have had that corporation in their fold for almost a decade, and it won't matter. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say, is that by the time Elder Scrolls comes out, I wasn't going to say a decade, yeah. but I was going to say at least five years. It's, oh. the, it's water under the bridge by the <laughs> Very by optimistic, man. I know. I, try. Um, the, I mean, it's, that's <laughs> different than like not releasing Call of Duty on multiple platforms like next year. You know, like that's, you know, Elder Scrolls, the ship is going to, you're going to be well beyond any potential of the government saying like, oh, you got to break that monopoly of open world fantasy yeah, no one's RPGs care about that deal made anymore. by people yeah. in Maryland. Of, like, that's not a, that's not anything. That's not a thing. Like, it's not going to happen. Elder Scrolls 6 will be exclusive to Xbox and Windows. Like, there's no question in my mind about that. I tend to agree with you as well. This is just, you know, the, it was already happening the licensors involved. I'm sure if it was not a licensed property, it probably would shift, uh, assuming there were no deals in place the way like like Deathloop had. But Deathloop mm-hmm. had an exclusivity deal. Like right. that was different. Yeah. Um, My next question becomes: Do you think that this is a project that Bethesda just keeps putting off? No, I think it's a project that's hard to do. Yeah. I think making Indiana Jones games is historically a very difficult prospect uh it's, it's no coincidence that the best one is a point and click adventure game yeah. because you know it's very hard to do indiana jones right uh it's also very hard to make a indiana jones movie right these days it turns out um but uh you know you, you don't want to just do tomb raider with a guy in a hat but that you might have to <laughs> uh it's, 
The, the other problem that they've always run into is like whip physics is hard. It, it, they are, and hard. like making that Castlevania work properly, has been a problem. Yeah, making that work properly in satisfying way has always been an issue with these games in 3D, especially. Yeah, yep. and you got to get hard. a guy who who I'm willing to listen to pretend to be Harrison Ford for 20 hours, and that's not caught me. I got that one guy that they've used forever for Han Solo. He's pretty good, but like, you know, I don't know. And you kind of run into the problem of like. You know, there's a little bit of a reevaluation of Indiana Jones where it's just like, okay, so he goes places and steals things from indigenous <laughs> cultures and <laughs> takes true. them back to a museum. It belongs in a museum. No, maybe it belongs with the people you're taking it from. Yeah. Like, um, I never really thought about that, but you're right. But, uh, you know, that's not super cool these days. The British Museum is uh, an amazing collection, but it's an amazing collection because everybody sort of walked in like hours now. The only reason the pyramids are still in Egypt is because they couldn't figure out how to move them. <laughs> Like we're talking about people that's like, oh, that's a nice obelisk. We're just gonna knock it over and take it to Britain. Right. You know, no, you're right. Yeah. So yeah, it's been happening um, for a long time. Yeah, but yeah, Indiana Jones is also sort of at his best when he's discovering like these hidden things and these weird fantastical things. Um, you've also got the weird backwards problem, or like the problem with the Uncharted movie was that you were making a movie out of something based on Indiana Jones, so you already had better movies of the right. same thing. <laughs> the same thing. So remaking a movie out of the game that was supposed to do Indiana Jones in video games is like, well, we already have an Indiana Jones movie, so what? When the, and conversely, it's like, okay, you're trying to make an Indiana Jones movie, but we have Tomb Raider and Uncharted games, so are you going to make a better Indiana Jones game than Tomb Raider or Uncharted? I have a hard time believing I that. I do too. So yeah. I think you've, you've, you're kind of setting yourself up for uh, not failure, but like you're really setting the bar high by trying to, you know, in the same way Uncharted setting the bar high by trying to make basically a new Indiana Jones idea in, in film. You're setting the bar high. What is Which game is this? This is, is the this, Emperor's Tomb. Is this the, the, the one that was on N64? It's really the last Indiana Jones game. The one that was on N64? No, uh-uh. No, this I is the Emperor's was. Tomb. This came out. This was a PS3 and Xbox 360 era game. What was, I on, what was on the N64? It was just Indiana Jones, I believe. No, that was, that was Emperor's Tomb. I want to say. Was it? This might have been an update of that. But see, that was that didn't really come out, right? It was only like a GameStop special. Or it was. Something? Uh, it was only at uh, some retailer it had was, an exclusive. It was a special. It was a blockbuster. Maybe thing, I think, and because I have it, I had to order. That's it. probably worth money. It is worth a lot of money. I had to order it special. Um, to get it, for instance, I, which one was it? This is, is Someone it in X, chat. original Xbox game. It was OG Xbox. Yeah. So what was the one on N sixty four? I think it was just called Indiana Jones. No, it had a, it had a and it all had a Indiana. Subtitle? No, all Indiana Jones things are Indiana Jones and something. Huh. It's, like that's that's Infernal Machine. Infernal Machine. That's what it was. That's it. Thanks, Corey Film. Yeah. And then there was the one. Um, that never came out that like was the demo for the that physics engine no oh, right it was yeah, like i forgot all fighting about that. on top of a cable car in san francisco yeah yeah i forgot all about that one yep so not a lot of indiana jones games to your point it's hard to create something that's not derivative of tomb raider or now more recently uncharted mm-hmm. um or i mean the best indiana jones game is still fate of atlantis which is the, the point and click adventure yeah yeah it just hasn't much like the best star trek game is the two also point, point, click, click. The point click games yeah um my point i was getting at when i said maybe bethesda delays the game is to maybe keep the accumulation from happening so it isn't like oh another bethesda game is not exclusive after no, i think this bottom. Is, i think this is lucasfilm like not wanting to limit their audience on this okay and i think you're sort of stuck this kind of has to come out next year 
because that's when the new movie comes out. Oh, I forgot. I forgot about that. I forgot there was even a new movie being made. Well, they only just mentioned it again this past week. They put out the poster and like a little, not even a poster, it's just an image of him looking over a thing and it says uh, July. I think it's July 2023 or June 2023. It's next. I mean, it's next summer. The last indie movie was pushing the envelope for me, man. Like when, watching his elderly mm-hmm. ass like go through the action scenes. I was like, man, this isn't working anymore. Like. Yeah. I mean, I hope they have a better idea this time, um, and maybe they're not listening to George quite as much because yeah. that was a problem in the last one. Uh, and there's no Shia LaBeouf, which is probably an improvement. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's Harrison, Harrison Ford is Harrison Ford is 80. I know. And they keep breaking him. I mean, he like, was like 70 or something in the last one, yeah. and like there was the one scene where he was like scurrying up the boxes in that big, massive mm-hmm. like shipping building, and I mean. <laughs> He looked like a grandpa trying to climb up boxes. Yeah. Like, well, especially because like the pants don't fit right anymore, <laughs> and it's just like mm. probably because he hasn't pulled up too far. Yeah. <laughs> like all old people do. It's it's weird. It is weird. Um, I actually had a Valentine's dinner one time with him sitting right next to me <laughs> at his son's restaurant, Ford's Filling Station mm. in Culver City. Uh, one of the first years I was here, um, I got a reservation to that place, and I took my. Was it my girlfriend at the time or my wife? Regardless, I when took her. When we first moved here, yeah, you, she was. She was uh, just my girlfriend. girlfriend yeah. yeah, and um, we went over there and we sat down to eat. And within ten minutes, Harrison Ford and what's his famous mm-hmm. girlfriend's wife's name or whatever? Oh, uh, uh, Allie McBeal. Yeah, whatever yeah. her real I name. Can't is. Remember. <laughs> I don't know. Why I can't remember. Her name. <laughs> they sat down next to us, and I sat down and had dinner next to Han Solo yes. and. Indiana Jones. There's a famous. It was uh, Calista Flockhart. That's what. Yeah. It was. yeah. Uh, famously, uh, famously in LA like there's a there was a thing where well, this was when Alec McBeal was still on it was like the last season or something and she had to go in for some meeting at uh, I think at Paramount and um, or wherever they were producing that and so and he was with her but didn't want to go in because you know go into a movie studio when you're Harrison Ford it's just a whole thing uh-huh. so he's like I'm just going to take a nap in the car and you go <laughs> do your thing and at one point in the meeting she gets called out and by security and she's like there's a homeless guy in your car and we're trying to get him out and he says he's Harrison Ford and she's yeah. like it is Harrison that's Indiana Jones you idiot and like and so he was and like it was just like this like you know it's a famous story where she had to come out and vouch for the fact that Hans, <laughs> that he was Han Solo, and yeah. and 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 there was a whole thing. It's like, oh wow, she's more famous than he is now. Is I that- don't even bother him. I just we just sat. Oh no, I would never. Like I was at the uh, Empire Strikes Back 30th anniversary um, screening, uh, which was over 10 years ago now that was yeah. that was uh 2010 yeah and they had a big red carpet and like there was like a bunch of a bunch of people were there from the movies and like he was he was the special guest because he was doing a q a after the movie mm-hmm. and he was uh, it was him and billy d williams and peter mayhew and a bunch of bunch of people were wow. there and i was not i was not there for press i was just there to see the movie and they're like oh are you here to do the red carpet i'm like no i'm just here to see it and they're like can you wait inside here um, until we let people in just to get you know keep as many people i'm like yeah sure so i'm standing in there and the red carpet continues inside uh, the the building and he like and at one point harrison ford did come in and sort of like like try to decompress a second <laughs> and i and i look over at him and he's and he looks looks at me and i'm just like i'm just not gonna bother you yeah. and he's like thank you and I'm like, <laughs> like, i didn't say a word to him um but I, the one thing was that he's uh i was not prepared to be taller than indiana jones no. i mean i ended um, up at comic-con like we interviewed him a bunch of times and like yeah. i've talked to him but in that moment like we didn't know you, you leave him alone my yeah. favorite thing of that night was and now it's even more so but like uh he they asked him at the q a like 
how um you know when was the last time you know you saw empire this movie and he's like uh 30 30 30 years ago you know, he's like <laughs> and he's and he's like actually he's like actually he's like i watched the first one to prepare for this because i hadn't seen that in a long time either and he says uh he says it was funny because when we made the movie Alec Guinness, you know, he was a wonderful man and, you know, a, a, you know, an incredible actor and was a, great to work with. But, like, you know, when we made that movie, he was an old man to us. Yeah. You know, we thought he was like, and, I, and I watched that movie. And I'm like, he doesn't seem so old anymore. <laughs> He's like, and I looked him up on the Internet. And when we made that movie, he was three years younger than I am now. <laughs> so that was disturbing. And, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and then someone asked him, like, what did you learn from Alec Guinness? And his answer was, like, he taught me a lot about how to buy real estate in London. <laughs> That's funny. I see a lot of you guys asking Matt about Top Gun and other movie stuff. Save that till the end when we do our Q&A. We'll get back to that stuff. But it is one of the fringe benefits of living in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, As a matter of fact, Spielberg is directing the new movie. Like, they're well into shooting. Um, oh, and, and he is actually directing Yeah, yeah he, he's directing it. Oh, yeah, okay. I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else he's doing. Yeah, it's a fringe benefit of living or in L.A. You just guy. run into celebrities like at the most random places. They're just yeah. everywhere. And then you don't recognize them because they look different out of makeup. Yeah. Um, Erebus asks, isn't this just as simple as the deal for Machine Games to make game was signed before the Microsoft acquisition completed? It, it could be. be. It's possible. But even if it's not, I guarantee you Lucasfilm doesn't want to limit the audience to one platform. Yeah. Like, and the, lic- as many people the licensor possible. gets to decide that. Like if they, if they, it does no skin off them if they decide to pull the license because they don't want to have an exclusive in play. Yeah. So... Um, Frankly, I'm surprised that they're allowing uh, Jedi Survivor to be next-gen only. <laughs> Leonosaurus, Indiana Jones in the Wheelchair of the Gods. <laughs> That's much. the next subtitle for the new one. They may have to, honestly. Um, okay, let's move on. I mean, he's still a very active dude if like they would stop breaking his bones in these things. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, I guess some of the stunt guys have talked about how like he wants to do all the stunt stuff, and they're like, mm, No, dude, you're rickety and old. <laughs> Not a good idea. Uh, okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next about another game that I played this week. I played more than one game this week. The Revelation. Um, and in fact, I'm guessing a lot of you guys have also been playing this game because it is free to play. And that game is Roller Champions. It is Ubisoft's new free to play roller derby game. There's really no other way to describe it. It's. Handled differently from roller derby in how you score and how they score it. And I'll be honest, Matt, I have no idea how they score real roller derby. No, I don't know. Back in like the 80s, like if you watched late night TV, there would be a block where the first half hour would be glow, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. And then the second half hour would be roller derby. And I watched that block of programming a lot and never figured out how they scored roller derby. Mm. Have you ever figured it out? No, I've never even considered worrying about it. <laughs> well, I did because I watched it every week. And I felt like it was just like wrestling just fixed, basically. And I think it was. I guess James Mangold is directing Indy. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's not Spielberg. No, it's not Spielberg. Oh, wow. Interesting. Um, so anyway, Roller Champions is he available did Logan. for... That's going to be good. What did you say? He, he directed Logan. Yeah, that be good. that's a good sign. Um, so any roller cha- anyway, Roller Champions is free to play. It's on every platform, literally everything. You can get this on Switch as well. Um, and it is a competitive four versus four roller derby game. Um, and the objective is, and let me get the B-roll roll in here so I have some context to help you guys understand it. Um, the objective is, once you get the ball, 
you need to make a full lap around the track. And there are segments of the track and gates that you have to go through. And once you make a full lap, then you are able to score. And there's this little goal kind of basketball hoop thing, except instead of being horizontal, it's vertical. And as you ride by it, you can aim and throw it at the goal, and that's how you score. Now, the, the catch is, or the twist is, you don't have to score after you make that one lap around the track. You can keep doing laps around the track, and then when you throw that ball through, instead of getting one point, you'll get, if you did three laps, you'll get three points. If you did four laps, you'll get four points. The first team to get to five points wins the match. And those are the basics of the game. And honestly, my big problem with the game is that it is too basic. There's not a lot of nuance to this game that will help separate the really good players from just the decent players who actually already understand how to play it. Um, movement in this game, as you might have guessed, you're on roller skates. So the movement is a little weird and it takes a while to get used to it. Like you can't really just stop on a dime and start going in the other direction. It's a lot like skating, like ice skating, in that you kind of do loops instead of just stopping and starting. Although there is a break that you can use to stop and start a little more quickly generally you're just trying to do loops around everything you do a turn it's not just a stop and then start going the other direction you do a loop and slow and more slowly head off in the other direction and this to me is really the root of the problem in this game you have the ability to gain speed by pumping um, and some of you guys may be familiar with this if you played any skateboarding games or if you just skated um, essentially you're just decompressing your legs as you go down a ramp and that helps you build speed it happens in skateboarding it also happens in roller skating. And that is how you gain speed in this game is you're constantly going up a wall. And then as you go down the wall on Xbox, it's the right trigger. You hold the right trigger and you pump down and you gain speed. So you kind of go side to side through this half pipe like environment, gaining speed. And then the walls are really high. They go up 80, 90 feet off of the actual track that you're roller skating around. And you have teammates and you can pass to your teammates. And honestly, once you start to get good at the game and you're playing against other people who are good at the game, passing is essential. Because literally, once people get over the hump with this game, it just turns into this constant back and forth. Because you can also tackle in the game. So when you're on defense, you have two moves. You can tackle someone or you can uppercut somebody. The uppercuts, I've never landed one. Mm -hmm. But what you can do is you, there's this move that you learn over time. And it's not, it's kind of like um, skiing was in tribes. It's this thing that people do that wasn't really built into the game for that purpose. Like skiing in tribes, being able to just skate across the land, that was like a glitch. But people loved it so much, they just kept it in the game and it became a part of the game. The, the dive uppercut in this game is the same deal. So if you dive at them at really quickly and then uppercut them, you can actually use the uppercut. But what the uppercut is used more for in this game is to play defense and to block. Because on your own, it's really hard to get enough speed to go high up on the walls. But if you use the uppercut, it makes you jump really high into the air. And then you can land on the vertical wall and then ride down the wall and get a ton of speed. So it's this kind of... You end up using the uppercut as an offensive technique instead of a defensive technique. As a defensive technique, it's almost worthless, pointless. Hmm. But what happens once you get pretty good at this game and you're playing against other people is what you're seeing right now. It's just, I get knocked down. You pick up the ball. You get knocked down. I pick up the ball. I get knocked down. You pick up the... And it just turns into this chain 
Most of the games that I play in this go to overtime and the score is zero to zero because mm-hmm. it's so easy to stop the other team from scoring. Because the other thing is you're not locked in to going around the track one direction. So if you want to score, you have to. You have to go around in a particular order and go through the gates. But on defense, you can just turn around and just go backwards and wait for them to come around the corner and just lay them out. It's very hard to score. And as you start playing more advanced players who start using the uppercut, they'll stand in front of the goal and just use the uppercut to jump in front of the goal and block the goal even if people Hmm. do get a shot off. It becomes this battle of defense where you just wait for one person to make a mistake when i first started playing it was fun like games were like five to four or five to three or whatever like there was lots of goals being scored the more i played it the less i enjoyed playing the game because it just became these defensive struggles where nobody could score i mean heck it was it's hard sometimes just to get two gates let alone make it all the way around the track so that you're set up to actually put the ball through the hole and score it, a lot of people are comparing this game to Rocket League. This has nowhere near the legs of Rocket League, nor the nuance of Rocket League. I've yet to discover this extra layer of skill that you can try to attain that makes you a better player. Like in Rocket League, it's being able to fly. Once you've mastered like being out of time, passing and hitting, and you can put the ball on goal from anywhere on the court in Rocket League, your next step is to learn how to fly. And learning how to fly in that game makes a huge difference because you can hit balls that are way higher than anyone else can hit. It becomes a huge advantage. And if you're a platinum player, you have to be able to do it or you won't remain platinum. In this, there's no extra layer of skill to attain to where you are just better than somebody else. It just, you reach that skill ceiling in this game very, very quickly. I mean, literally, Matt, in the span of like two hours, you're a pro at this at this game already. And it just comes down to like luck or someone making a dumb mistake or having one really crappy team member on your team who doesn't know what they're doing when you during matchmaking. Otherwise, if you're matched with people who are as good as you are and you're playing against people who have played at least for a couple hours, it just turns into this very frustrating back and forth where you're just waiting for someone to make that one mistake. So... I have not had a great time playing this. It was fun for the first, like, hour. The better I got at it, the less I liked it. Now, there's never been a roller derby game before. <laughs> and I doubt there will be a roller derby game afterwards. There must have been some roller derby game. I don't think there was. Can you remember one? I mean, not like this, obviously. But I, there must have been. Somebody must have made a standard roller derby game. At some I point. can't remember one for, like, the NES or anything like that. cricket games. There must be roller derby video Maybe? games. Maybe? I don't remember one. I've never seen one. Um, but I don't think that there's, like, this audience that's been pining for a roller derby game in the first place. Or there would have been one by now. <sighs> Whoever gave the green light to this game at Ubisoft probably should be fired. It's very weird. It always felt like it always felt even when they first showed that. I'm like, how did this get beyond like a proof of concept? Like this meeting? is like a bunch of people at the bar after work sitting around drunk, being like, "I'm gonna make a order every game." Oh yeah, yeah, don't forget that. Put it in the notes on your phone, and then the so, whoever it was had the guts to go into a meeting sober the next week and pitch it, and then someone greenlit it. This thing has been in development forever there was an alpha back in like 2018 matt Hmm. there's gameplay on the internet from early access in 2018 the other thing too is that 
this game, like a lot of free-to-play games, is a complete and total grind. It is the entire interface is set up to make you spend real money. Mm. Unlocking stuff in this takes forever. Like just getting, going from level one to like level two, you have to win like five matches before you get to the second level. And then when you do, you get like some stupid cosmetic thing that you don't even care about. And it's so dumb, you don't even equip it. Like that's what almost everyone looks the same in the game because no one's spending money on it. Um, it, And because of that, it's hard to tell sometimes even what team you're on. And this, I know this is weird, but like, Sometimes I forget whether I'm on the blue team or the orange team because your player has no designation. And the way the scoreboard works, it's not like your team is always on the left and the other team is always on the right on the scoreboard. There have been times where I've been playing this and I'm like, wait a minute, am I blue or orange? There's Hmm. just... It is... I wouldn't call it scummy because it's not like the things that you unlock with real money make you better at the game. They are all pretty much cosmetic. Um, but at the same time, you're not unlocking really anything on your own of any value. If you want any of the cool cosmetics, you're pretty much going to have to pay real money for them. I knew that there was there was one, there was a roller derby game on Wii. On Wii? It was called, called Jam City Roller Girls. Wow. I don't remember that at all. I, it was at PAX. That's why I knew oh, you, I you actually something. saw it. Yeah, I didn't play it, but I saw it. Yeah, because they had the skaters there doing stuff there. I remember that. The other thing too is that there. I think they just added a new arena. They call them maps, but they're obviously not maps. I had to play this same arena over and over and uh, over how again. How different can the arenas be? In this? Well, I don't know if you actually. That's a good question, Matt. How would you feel if it if the arena wasn't just circular if it had other turns and things yeah, like, like a that. figure eight or something yeah, i guess you could mess with it there's like a skate park in the game that you can go to like learn how to like learn the ropes of how mm. like gaining speed and all that kind of stuff roller works. rumble that's another one what was it called roller rumble what platform was that for um oh sorry that's a board game oh. there's a lot of roller derby board games <laughs> that's really weird you, you search roller derby video game and you get three pages of roller champions yeah, and then you have to then you get into the then older you finally stuff. get into this. But to my point, there aren't very many. No, I mean the demand doesn't seem to be <laughs> like frothing. If you, exactly. if you were doing your research, there's no research that would point you to the fact that yes, we should release this roller derby video game. Uh, but anyway, I had to play every match on this same course or arena, whatever the hell you want to call it. They call it a map, um, and I did see that I believe. Over the weekend, they did release a second map. I did not have a chance to play it because I was playing a bunch of the other stuff for for this episode. Um, but there's not enough maps. Um, and I do think that if you had courses that weren't just a circle, it would make the game more interesting. Mm. Um, if you had, like, corkscrews and things like that, where you had to have this X amount of speed or you couldn't get through the corkscrew, I think they can do something with the maps in this game to make it a little more interesting. But unfortunately, right out of the gate, the maps are very basic and they do get boring pretty quickly um what else do i have on this game let me check my notes really quickly um but again it is free to play so it is low risk you're not putting anything out there if you do want to spend a little time with it um matt do you have any questions about roller champions no what about you in chat if anyone has any questions hit me up my only question would be like why did you do this why did i play this ubisoft oh why did ubisoft do it i don't understand of all the things that ubisoft managed to get to market why is this one of them 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've checked recently, but Yubi's not exactly putting out a lot of games. No. <laughs> I'm sure they looked at this quarter and they're like, we literally do not have a single game to release that quarter. Let's finally roll out Roller Champions. Because, again, this game has been in a playable state for many, many years at this point. So I just think they saw we have an empty hole in our release calendar, and it's gigantic, and we got to get something out. Hey, how about let's make this roller game free to play because no one's going to pay for it. Um, So let's make it free to play. We'll load in a bunch of cosmetics and see what happens. And I will say this, like there's plenty of people playing it. Like it doesn't take very long before you get into a match. Um, We'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. I I mean, again, it is free to play. So, you know, I don't know what that curve looks like as far as like attrition for players in most free to play games. But this is not at the top of the list of free to play games. So I would guess that that attrition would be a little more accelerated than it is for a lot of free-to-play games. Um, but look, like I said, it's free, and you can go. It's on every platform. You can go and download it and check it out if you want to. Uh, I have a feeling that you'll be just like me, though, and within an hour or two, you'll be like, I think I've figured this out, and I've, I've learned everything that I can from it. Again, though, I think if they do have some maps that are a little more adventurous, it could crack open um, the concept a little bit more. But as it stands right now, I, I would definitely never pay for this game. Um, and it even, you know, if you're a Switch owner and you have a very small hard drive, like, I wouldn't delete, like, most of your games to make room for this one. Um, but I will say this, Ubisoft has some balls. Because... Yeah. <laughs> Certainly strays from the formula, I guess. Yeah. A Congrim Nobody, asked... Nobody's we... climbing any towers to see the <laughs> environment in this game. Yeah. Congrim asked, would I rather play this or Steep? Oh, well... <laughs> I would rather play Steep, for sure. Um, but the other thing, too, is that Steep is like old news now. That studio has now put out a new game, and which I really liked a lot. So I would play that because I do own it. Uh, but if I did have to choose between this or Steep, I would play Steep. Steep is by far the better game. Um, and both by Ubisoft, I would add, as well. Um, oh, the Minority Games brings up a good question. Like, where is Beyond Good and Evil 2? Well, we actually got some news on that in the last week. It is going into full production finally, mm. by Ubisoft Barcelona, I believe. Sure. And I hate saying Barcelona like that, but apparently that's the correct way to say it. So um, so that game is supposed to be going into full production finally after pre-production for the last 14 years or however long it's been. Uh, so it is coming. But you're right. Like You would think Ubisoft would have concentrated on getting Beyond Good and Evil 2 done instead of something like this and filling this window with something that people actually want to buy and spend money on instead of a roller derby video game. Uh, Mitchell is alive. Thank you for Twitch Prime, by the way. It isn't, you know, even if you are interested in roller derby, I don't think this really scratches that itch anyway, because it's not roller derby. It's some, yeah. it's some weird, like... Action, violent take yeah, it's, on it's, it. It looks like something American Gladiators would come up with in the 90s. That's actually a good point. Have you ever seen that movie Rollerball? Yeah. It's a little bit like that. Yeah. It's actually more like Rollerball, really, than Roller Derby. That's a pretty good movie, by the way. At least when I was a kid, I thought it was good. It probably isn't. Now, if I watch it now, I yeah, probably I don't know about the. I mean, they remade that, too. Yeah. Uh, Mitchell's Alive says, Knockout City by EA was a risk. It sounds just as bizarre as this to me. I guess I could agree yeah. that a dodgeball game is just about as risky. But at least you're not running around the same oval track forever. Yeah. I mean, just to be honest with you, Knockout City, twice the game that this is, in my opinion. As far as holding my attention and making me want to go back, I, I actually played Knockout City for a good, like, two weeks. Like, solid. Um, I actually got into it. There were there were mechanics in that game that 
added the extra layer of skill where you felt like you were progressing and becoming better at the game. And the other thing I should mention too is that while you're on defense in this game, as I said, you can either like dive into people and knock them down or you can uppercut them. On the offensive side, you have no counter to avoid that. You have no like special like moves or like a spin move. All you can do is jump. So you may have seen like back there a minute ago when I had the ball, I was like carving from side to side, but also jumping because I'm trying to avoid the people who are trying to tackle me or uppercut me because they do not give the offensive player a means to do that. So do you automatically move slower when you have the ball? No. Because it looks like they catch you really real quick. No, what was happening there was I was holding the trigger that let me aim. Mm. So if like when you do that, you kind of square up. So you can actually throw it accurately as you're rolling by. But I, I do that a lot of times if I want to pass accurately. I'll like pull the trigger up to pull up my aim to pass better. Although the passing 90% of the time is automatic and works okay. Um, but that's, that is really the only kind of advanced technique for this game that you get better at as you play is passing. And you do have to do that. Otherwise, the game is completely frustrating. You'll never score unless you pass as you get better at it. Uh, Minority asks, is this arcadey like Blitz or more simulation like Madden? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely arcadey like Blitz, for sure. Although, it's not like the physics are all that exaggerated. The uppercut is, obviously, because you try to do this punch, and you fly about 40 feet up into the air. Uh, So that's pretty exaggerated. But the rest of it, not so much. Like, you have to generate speed by by basically thrusting as you go down the ramp. Um, And that's real. That's legit. That's how skateboarding works. That's how inline skating works as well. So... There you go. That's Roller Champions. Again, it's free to play. Again, it's available on everything. If what you just saw or what you just heard sounds interesting, uh, check it out. You can download it for free on whatever platform you have. All right, let's move on. Matt, why did you not give that a go? I forgot it existed. Oh, really? (laughs) Um, Okay, that's fair enough. Would you have played it if you had remembered? Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't have liked it. I'm sure I had no interest in it. And so after I've, t- I've spoken about it now, no chance of you ever no. playing it. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's what I figured. Um, Congrim, you should look into air guitar contests. <laughs> <laughs> um, Danny says you actually do go slower with the ball. It said so on the loading screen. Maybe your general skating does, but there's things that you can do, and I should have mentioned this actually before we moved on. There's things you can do to gain speed other than carving down the walls. Like you can, like roller derby, you can grab onto a teammate and they can whip you and sling you forward. Mm. And that gives you more speed. Um, I did not really notice going slower, though, when just skating. Now, when you're you're aiming, it does because you your skating stance changes. You're actually like this and just kind of rolling along. Um, but I did not notice that I was slower when I was skating with the ball, though. But it I thought it looked like you were going slower. Really? Yeah. Okay. Just watching the footage. Yeah. Playing it, I didn't feel that way. But maybe they should get rid of that because you feel like helpless when you have the ball. Mm. It's like... You're just waiting to get tackled and to lose the ball. Yeah, it's not like you can see where they're coming from. You can't, because so. they're all coming from behind. You can flip the camera around if you want to, but then it's like impossible to skate mm-hmm. like and not lose speed and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, Mitchell is live. Any other obscure sports you think would make good video games? <laughs> uh, jarts. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You notice um, in the 80s, like one kid got impaled by a jart and they made him illegal? Lawn dart, yeah. 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 And guns. Oh, <laughs> one kid choked to death on a missile out of a Cylon Raider, and I, every toy I bought since then has a missile the size of my arm. I thought it was the Shogun death. Warriors, the missiles no. that they shot off their hands. No, it was it was a Cylon Raider. Oh, yeah, it's funny. 
how some things, one thing happened. The shoe bomber. Yep. The one dude. One tries guy to, tries one and guy fails. tries to light his shoe on fire on a flight. And we take our shoes off for the rest of our lives. And we take our shoes off for eternity. <laughs> it's, a, it's so messed up. Which I get. Is that freedom? I don't know. <laughs> freedom. It's free, freedom of my toes, Free D-U-M-B. Uh, okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next about the PlayStation 5 Pro. What do you yeah, think? Kinder, Kinder Surprise is like another good example. Kinder, Kinder Surprise is a is a European thing. It's an egg, like a chocolate egg, and there's a toy in the middle in it. And they're ba- they were banned in America for a long time because out of the concern that children would just eat the egg and swallow the toy. <laughs> and so you can I don't get, remember that. You can get Kinder Surprise now in America, but they are um, they're like split in you open the egg it's split in half and it's two separate things and then the toy is a separate oh, thing so you can't possibly there's eat. no way to possibly confuse it with food gotcha okay uh you probably right. have that same problem with the cracker jack now yeah they can't yeah. hide the toys in the candy yeah. anymore because what cereal cereal, cereal too, to hide yeah. stuff. and they do now the toys in cereal are not in the cereal yeah. they're outside the plastic the bag. bag of cereal yeah. in between the box and the bag yeah but they yeah. used to be in the actual in the actual cereal, cereal. Yeah. you'd like pour it it would pour, pour it out in your boom. bowl there was there yep. was michelangelo yeah. the ninja turtle <laughs> yep yep uh so anyway let's move on we're going to talk next about the playstation 5 pro which i will fully admit that when when i caught wind of this for the first time like i think it was last monday or something like that i was like what the f are you talking about there's no way that a PlayStation 5 Pro is coming anytime soon. That's absurd. Well, I as... still hold to that. Okay. I do not believe this news. Do you know all the different reports and everything about it? I've seen it? a bunch of them. Okay. I I've seen all of them, but I don't I'm I don't believe it. Okay. Well, there have been several things that have happened since that initial kind of rumor started floating around. Mm-hmm. I think what's happened I heard I heard something about them changing how the chips are manufactured so they can make them faster. Yeah. But I don't think that's going to change the power of the system. Okay. I think, so you I think, think there'll people, be a new model. I but... think there's going to be a new model that lets them make it to meet demand more okay. efficiently. But I think people are confusing, are, are conflating or confusing that with a pro model. I okay. don't think that's, I don't think that's happening. Well, Not let me share fast. all the news that is, the rumors really is what they are, that is broken over the last week around a PlayStation 5 Pro. Um, the first thing that happened was on May 13th, a job listing was posted by AMD suggesting that it's working on a next generation RDNA chipset for consoles, which would mean new and more powerful. Um, it wouldn't just be the same chip with, you know, a smaller version of the same power power chip. Um, so that was the first thing that broke that started people talking about not just a PlayStation 5 Pro, but like an Xbox Series XX, I guess is how it would work. Because mm-hmm. remember, it was Xbox One X. Yeah, I have no idea what their naming convention will be going Right. <laughs> I guess this new one would be Xbox Series XX. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, that initial news snippet led to people thinking that there were going to be mid-console refreshes for both platforms in the near future. Um, and then on... Let me make sure I get this right. Then YouTube channel, Red Gaming Tech, which obviously way less reliable. It's I've never even heard of the YouTube channel. It has, I don't know, like 30,000 subscribers or something. But for whatever reason, a lot of people seem to trust the guy that runs this channel. And he piled on and said, yep, this is happening. He said just the PlayStation 5 Pro, though. He was the first person to say, oh, it is going to be more powerful and talked about how ray tracing was going to be 
for every game with this new model because it wasn't it's more powerful and it's going to be able to handle it blah 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 and then on the most recent was on may 30th tcl which makes televisions and by the way if you're in the market for a tv and you're looking for a great tv on the cheap tcl is the best out there i have said this before on this show um if you're looking for a great tv at a great price tcl is the brand that you should be looking at i got my mom a tcl tv a couple of christmases ago it still looks stunning um they make great tvs but anyway they held a press conference on may 30th about their future tvs and tcl indicated that it expects a ps5 pro model to release in either 2023 or 2024 alongside equivalents for xbox series x um so there you go. You have three different sources that are leading people to believe that PS5 Pro is either coming at the end of next year or the beginning of 2024. Um, and only, by the way, only Red Gaming Tech has gone on record as saying that these are the specs and this is what it's going to do. Everyone else has been a lot more general about it. Other final, maybe tertiary proof or evidence, PlayStation VR 2 has been another rumor this week is that it is entering mass production very soon and that it should be coming out early 2023. So obviously you'd want more powerful hardware maybe to run PlayStation VR 2. Just an an existing PS5 should be able to handle anything you're going to throw at that headset. You would think, right? Um, The other thing too is the timing for this is right in line with PlayStation 4 Pro. It came out three years after PS4 did. So the timing for this, if it is late 2023, early 2024, does fall in line with the PS4 Pro. Now, obviously, the difference here, Matt, is that people still can't buy the base PS5. Yeah, like, the, it doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Like, there's no reason to introduce a new model like that when you still haven't sold as many as the old model as people want to buy. Like, you're shooting yourself in your in the foot. Now, here's another anecdote. Sales, the first year sales for PS5 were more brisk than PlayStation 4. Last second year, last year, it fell behind. The PS5 fell behind. Yeah, because you couldn't buy it. Right, because they couldn't manufacture enough of them. Now, Sony is saying, from this point forward, the PS5 is going to destroy PS4. That it will, this year, it will make up for what it lost last year, and then some, and then from that point onward, PS5 is just going to destroy PlayStation 4 as far as, like, how quickly it's, it's selling. So with all this in mind, Matt... How likely do you think it is that we'll see mid-generation refreshes for these for these consoles in the next year and a half? Zero. You think it's total Not zero? A chance in hell. I don't think. I don't. Th- I agree with you. Doesn't make any sense. I don't. I don't. I, I agree. It makes no sense whatsoever. Like now you, I. You can't even make enough to get people to the systems they want now. How are you going to make two SKUs where it doesn't make any sense? Like the only thing it could be is changing how you manufacture the system so you can make it faster with a different chip chipset. But like boosting the power and calling it something else, it doesn't make. It might be a different SKU, but it's going to be the same thing. That's what I think too, Matt. I think if anything, if we get a refresh at all, it's going to be PlayStation has found a way to manufacture the console cheaper. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe it, a little smaller. Maybe a little smaller. Maybe there's a, right, maybe there's a PS5 Slim. Same mm-hmm. power, same performance, cheaper for Sony to make. I don't think they lower the price, no. but cheaper for Sony to make, but the same power and maybe a little smaller. Yeah, I don't. And I don't even think that's going to happen. No. Because you, people don't realize you can't just be like, you can't just snap your fingers and all of a sudden you're producing this new PS5. You have to completely refit your facilities mm-hmm. To create this new console, 
they have just they still haven't even got production of the base PS5 up to satisfactory amounts at this point. It I agree with you. Thousand percent. This makes no sense to me whatsoever. I No, this is people I think no logic this, this is it. people misinterpreting half known data as far as I mean. The TCL thing is just like they want people to buy TVs. Exactly. Like, that exactly. That is T- TCL has an ulterior motive. Yeah. It needs you to get excited about its 8K, 8K TV. TVs. So they're telling that you that now like, oh, trying 8K to sell- PlayStation is coming. You better get that TV now. Right, because people are looking at the PS5. They're like, but wait a minute. Like, PS5 doesn't play games in 8K, no. and neither does Xbox Series X. But in TCL's like, but wait a minute. But it's coming. It's coming. And it is coming, but like in 2026. Yeah. Like, I mean, 8K games, I think, are way farther oh, away yeah. than that, probably. Let's I mean, be you, even a PS4, PS5 Pro would be like, Oh, it plays stuff in 4K reliably at 60. Right. You know, like that's not even 8K. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, you could upscale and it would look good, but like it's not an 8K system. Like I'm looking at the PS5 Pro to be able to handle 4K 120 with ray tracing turned on. If you're lucky. Really. Right. Right. <laughs> like 8K. 8K, no. a real game running at 8K? Like maybe you could do, no uh, you could do an 8K upscale with no ray tracing. <laughs> Vincent says maybe Resogun 2 is 8K. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When do you think we'll see this mid? Gen refresh. It's 2026 ish, 2025 at the earliest. Like, yeah. You got to get the supply problems fixed first. Like the, the that's chip not going to sh- be fixed until like the end of next year, if yeah, if we're lucky. Yeah. Like, you know, 2024 is probably a more realistic expectation like like that's like why would you do that like, you know you haven't gotten all the ps5s in the hands of people who want them already there's no reason to do a, a power-up refresh with it yeah like you're leaving money on the table and you're leaving customers unsatisfied um it doesn't make any sense I, like, I, there's no reason to go through all that when you still can sell the current product at the current price like yeah it's, and i mean not you not only the current price you go on ebay they're still selling for eight nine hundred yeah. bucks like like the reason the PS4 Pro was in part introduced because the PS4 was a horrendously underpowered system and sales had slowed, slowed down. Um, it needed something to kind of you know refresh itself and and appeal to the core demographic that wanted to play these games without all the performance problems. And yep. it, sure enough, it did. Like you know, it worked. Yep. But there is no need for a PS5 Pro right, yeah. in that regard right now. There's no. There's no. It will be eventually. Like. But you don't even have games coming out right now, you know, or even that soon that are only on PS5, only next gen that are going to be like, oh, you know, because that's the thing. That's the concern is like you run into the, the next gen only games and it's going to be like, oh, these are not performing the way we hoped they would. Right. And then you might need a pro refresh for the systems. But right now, I don't think you need to worry. But you know, I'm sure it's in the works. I'm sure they're talking about it and thinking about it and planning it. But next year, I mean, 2024, Matt, I feel that like doesn't I've make any like sense. like three games that actually make use of next-gen hardware. I mean, they all do in terms of performance. But like, if you're dealing with something that's really based around ray tracing and, and right. taking advantage the of what they can do. from scratch to run on these machines, I feel like I've played like three games. Well, they, they don't exist yet. Yeah. Like, the whole thing seems absurd to me. We're going to start seeing that stuff this fall, probably. I mean, we've seen Matrix and Ratchet and and, uh, Demon's Souls, but, like, that's about it. I mean, you've seen, you know... And, you know, sure, a a power boost is always welcome, but, like, not this soon. Not not before there's any reason to say, like, hey, you know, you got to let people experience the failures of the existing hardware before you can sell them new hardware. Vincent is asking, like, maybe they would do it to be able to increase the price of PS5 so that they have the two SKUs, one at five ninety nine and the other at 8 or whatever they're selling up for, for on eBay now. Maybe, yeah, if people are willing to pay 
that price for an existing PS5. They might be willing to pay that price for a you know at retail for a more powerful one. But the cost, I for guess. A... But now you're doubling up on the thing yeah. you can't make enough of. Right. So I don't know what. It's like you can't get enough components for a PS5 right now. What makes you think you're going to be able to get chips or anything else you need for the PS5 Pro? That just nothing about this makes no. any oh, sense it, at all. It really just all sounds like misinterpretation of wishful thinking. Yeah. And why would I don't even understand why people want this? Like. I don't feel like I've got hardly anything out of my PS5 so far. No. Like, I'm disappointed in what I've got out of my Xbox Series X and my PlayStation 5 so far. I don't feel like I've played very many quote-unquote next-gen games at this point. Like, how about you deliver some of those first, Mm -hmm. and then we worry about refreshing the hardware. Yeah, it feels like, you know, these new systems feel like I bought a new PC. Basically, a little like, bit, yeah. Like the old stuff runs better, and it, yeah. it you know, I don't worry about whether the frame rate's going to be right. bad or whatever on things. I don't have to fiddle around yeah. like with the settings anymore to yeah. get stuff to run well. Like it just does. But it, there's not a lot of stuff that's just like, oh wow, they could never have done that on the PS4 yeah. Pro kind of thing. Yeah, I, I very rarely do I feel that way about PlayStation Five or Xbox Series X for that matter. So. I think this is all bunk. Do not get your hopes up. If you're someone who hasn't got a PS5 yet, and you're like, hmm, maybe I'll wait now to no, get the if you PS5, want a PS5 Pro. And you can get a PS5, get the PS5. Yeah. And also, by the, by the way, if you are someone who does not have a PlayStation 5 yet and wants one, you there's no reason you should not have one by now. G- go to PlayStation.com, get on the waiting list, and just wait. I had a buddy who did this. He wanted it. He's trying to find a PS5 at the holidays. Over the holidays, they were selling for like a thousand or more on mm-hmm. eBay. He texted me, he's like, "Bro, I'm not paying a thousand. I'm like, "No, don't pay a thousand. I'm like, "Do you need it right now?" And he's like, "No, I just want one." And I'm like, "Just go to playstation.com, get put on the waiting list. He got his PS5 six weeks later. So instead of doing all this crazy crap following Wario 64, whoever else it is on Twitter now, who's trying to lead you to Walmart or whatever to pick, just get on the waiting list and you'll get one like in like a month or less. It just, that's how it's working. Um, there's really no excuses to not have, no excuse to not have one unless you just really don't want one. And that's obviously your choice. And I totally understand that. Um, yeah. And someone's asking about Roller Champions. You're going to have to watch the show, Emperor Dread. I talked about it for about 20 some minutes. Um, so you have to watch the archive for that. But yeah, I think PS5 Pro, bunch of crap, YouTube channel trying to get views. That type of thing is going on. TCL trying to drum up interest in its AKTVs. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, AMD isn't going to put out a false report about new chips that it's working on. But just because it's working on new chips, it doesn't mean that it's going to be for a PS5 Pro. It could be for Nintendo. Who knows? Wouldn't that be awesome if they're actually building a decent chip for a Nintendo console? It'd be very out of character. It would be, and I highly doubt it, but we can dream. So... There you go. Both Matt and I believe the rumors about a PS5 Pro are completely bogus, completely bunk. I mean, we both think eventually one will show up, yeah, but we think it is not going to be like next year or early the year after that. We think it's way, way down the road um, until they can get the production of the base PS5 under control and they can actually get units out to retail. Uh, Commander Fett says, I got super lucky and went to a GameStop over winter break that had some. Wow. I have never seen a PlayStation 5 on store shelves. Mm-hmm. Have you yet? Mm-mm. I've never seen one. Over the holidays, I did see some Xbox Series X at Walmart and Target in the yeah, little town I was in. I've seen some Xboxes. I've never seen a PlayStation 5 on a store shelf. No, ever. Never, never seen one in the wild. Never. Maybe someday. <laughs> it's really crazy. Uh, but you got lucky, bro. They must have just put them out. Um, 
Alcabone says GameStop had PS5s in store this weekend. My local store had eight units, and I walked right in and bought one for my nephew. No line or anything. Wow. Lucky. You're really lucky. Yep. So anyway, yeah. Cinetic says TCL feels like completely speculative and trying to make you panic by AKTVs. Exactly. That's exactly mm-hmm. what TCL is doing. It has incentive for you to believe that a new, more powerful PlayStation 5 is coming. Always... When you're trying to figure out if something is true or not, always look for the ulterior motive. Does this person or this source have a reason to be fabricating something? And if they do, you should take it with a huge grain of salt. And more likely, you should probably say that's probably not true. That's just the way it is. Uh, Okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next. I forgot what we're going to talk about next. We're going to talk about a third game that I played this week. Hmm. And of the three I played... This was the worst one. Hmm. Matt. <laughs> I didn't even know this existed. Yep. Well, this is also on Game Pass, by the way. And what we're going to talk about is Pac-Man Museum Plus. Now, I am an old Pac-Man fan. I Pac-Man is one of the first video games I ever played. One of the first video games I ever played in an arcade. Pac-Man is one of my earliest missed calls. What do you mean? Because I remember I must have been, what was that, 1980? When it came out, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was four, and I remember seeing it. I remember seeing it in an arcade and looking at it and thinking it was the dumbest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> I was like, "Who the hell wants to play that crap?" Uh, it turned out a lot of people wanted to play that crap. Well, they did, but Matt, I would argue that your little four-year-old brain was right on the money hmm. because I have gone back and this has fourteen different Pac-Man. There games. were a lot of them. <laughs> fourteen different Pac-Man games. And they're all crap. (laughs) They are all crap. Like, it is astounding to me that Pac-Man has survived all this time on one game. The first game. And I would even argue that even the first game isn't good anymore. Ms. Pac-Man's better. Ms. Pac-Man is better, but I don't think it's good either. The thing about I think think Ms. Pac-Man is good if you're using the speed mod. Like, Maybe where you speed it up that like a lot of like those cocktail machines in the bars have like I to me this looks like slow motion now. Well, first of all, Matt, I can't even control this game using the Xbox Elite controller. The D-pad, forget it. The analog stick, you'll see. I end up stopping all the time at intersections. Yeah, I mean, you really need an eight-way joystick for this. You do. Like I, I could not play it with the the stick on the Xbox Elite controller. I could not play it with the D-pad on the Elite controller constantly. I go to make a turn at a corner and I just stop and get jammed in the corner. It was so frustrating. But beyond the control issues that I had playing this, and in all honesty, pretty much all the other ones as well, because the controls work the same in all of them, the game itself is just not good. It's like, I remember, I still remember the pattern for the first like three boards in this, which is crazy. Like back in the day, Matt, did you ever buy one of those books? Oh yeah, I had a yeah, I had a Master Pac-Man or whatever. Yeah. It was a thing, people. You would go to the newsstand and there would be like twenty different versions of Pac-Man cheat books, mm-hmm. where they literally just showed you the path that you needed to take through each map to clear it without yeah. ever losing. Memorizing them in. what each of the ghosts did and how they target you and what, But it you know. didn't matter. As long as you followed ex- that exact path that you're supposed to follow, you could complete each Right, but the, the real advanced play was knowing how the ghosts worked and manipulating them to, right. to be where you wanted them to be. Right. And I remember I still remember the first boards, but I don't remember anything after that. Back mm. in the day I could I remember I knew the first three. Um and without knowing those patterns, this game is just so random. It's all luck, pretty much. 
Like whether the guy turns left or right and like eats you or not. Like, but that's none of that's random. Like the ghosts are completely predictable if you know how each one. Works. They are, yeah. But am I, dude? Am but, I going but to? But you'd like, have to, you'd have to relearn all that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that for what reason? Yeah, for why exactly? So I didn't even have that much fun playing the the OG Pac Man, and then. There's a there's something weird about the license. Now you would think Bandai Namco they own Pac-Man, they should have license. No, that was a whole weird thing with that back. It's in the still day. going on, Matt. And baby Pac-Man Junior was a problem. Pac-Man Junior, like, Miss Pac-Man. They can, they have they they cannot have Miss Pac-Man in this game. So they've renamed her to like Pac-Woman or some crap. Pac-Woman. <laughs> and there's another one called like Pac-Mom. Pepper. They've it, it's her name weird. was Pepper in the cartoon. It's so weird how they renamed a lot of this stuff because they can't use Miss Pac-Man, and Miss Pac-Man is not in this. But as I Pac said, Pac-Mom is pretty funny. <laughs> as I said, there so are there's no Ms. Pac-Man in this collection no. at all, even like under a different name. Nope, it's not there at all. And that's, like that's trash. It is trash. Yeah, absolutely. But there are still 14 games, Matt. There's Pac-Man, Super Pac-Man, Pac and Pal, Pac-Land, Pac-Mania, Pac-Attack, Pac-Attack. Pac-In Time. One thing I will say is looking at all the titles of these Pac-Man games, I was like, man, there was a bunch of different things I could have renamed like Pac-Attack whenever mm-hmm. we did the new Pactor Factor. Like I tried to have him name, have him call it Pac-In Business and he was like, nope, it's Pactor Factor. But there's a million other things I could have I could have pitched to him. Um, Pac-Man Arrangement, Pac-Man Championship Edition, Pac-Motos, Pac-N-Roll Remix, Pac-Man uh, Battle Pac Royale, and, Roll. Yeah. and Pac-Man 256, which honestly is probably the best game in this entire compilation, to be honest. The most recent one, really. And that's from like 2015, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Uh, but yeah, Miss Pac-Man I mean, is missing you, in action. Why do you action. need this when you have Champion Edition? What'd you say? Why do you have, need this when you have Champion Edition? Right, another game is better than pretty much all of these. Um... So, as you saw at the beginning of the B-roll, there's, like, this hub. So, as you play all these games, generally you have to play each game twice, and then that unlocks another game to play. Um, and as you do that, the your little arcade hub becomes populated with arcade cabinets. You also, like, get ghosts that will show up in the hub as you, as you complete, like, score challenges and things like that. So, basically, you're playing to collect points that you then use to buy things, either out of a capsule, capsule machine or... Or a vending machine to fill your hub with objects. It's all cosmetic and pointless and stupid. Um, yeah, <laughs> this this game is selling for thirty dollars on Switch. Wow, thirty dollars on Switch, twenty dollars on PS4 and Xbox One. This is happening a lot lately, Matt. Where the Switch version of games costs ten bucks more than the other versions. Hmm. I, I'm just guessing the cartridge costs of manufacturing like even digital i don't know that's a good question actually i just checked the prices on gamestop i would never get this physical like imagine putting a cartridge in when you want to play this this. Uh, matt i would never get this period i wouldn't now again this is free on xbox game pass right now so some of you youngins who didn't grow up in the arcades like matt and i did there may be a morbid curiosity for you to play these games um i (laughs) I don't think it'll last very long, <laughs> but since it's on Game Pass, you can check it out for free. Um, I would not. I would not even pay ten dollars for this, Matt. To me, this game is like four ninety nine. Um, now, obviously, you can insert as many credits as you want and keep playing these games, and you can finally get to the end of Pac Man if you want to. Does Pac Man have a kill screen? It does. Pac- yeah. Donkey Kong kill screen. It, it, was it two two fifty six? I think it is. Yeah. That's when the that's when the memory overflows. Okay. 
Um, so if you want to get to the Pac-Man kill screen, Donkey you Kong can do it with this. Up, if anyone's interested, Donkey Kong kill screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right, from King of Kong. He's walking around the arcade trying to get mm-hmm. people to come over and check it out. It's funny. Um, but here, I'll just skim through the rest of this B-roll very quickly so you can see what else is in this. Um, this Pac-Man that, that we were showing right there, you can actually jump over the ghosts. Yep. It is the easiest Pac-Man. You can see it right Pac- there. Pac-Mania. It's, it's like... Why? Why does this game even exist if you can jump over the ghosts? Because this was the this was around what was that? I was in I was in high school when this came out. This was like when they were in that desperate period of trying to figure out how to reinvent all that. The one that, thing they're I, still in that desperate period. The one thing I will say, like what, what the game uh, is, Pack World in this. Yeah. The the side scroller. Yep. That's where Miyamoto got the idea for Mario Brothers. For Mario Super Mario Brothers. Wait, this it predates, it predates Mario that. Brothers. Yeah. This. Yeah. And this is crap. And that was this, this is so this, bad. This is this game is it is bad. But this game is why Super Mario Brothers happened. Really? Miyamoto credits this with like, oh, you could do this. I could do this with Mario. I'm surprised this came before. Yeah, it did. It was on p- computers. It was not an NES game originally. It's so bad. It's it's old, real it, old. Most you, of the I mean, games on tell. this compilation are terrible. This doesn't this doesn't even look good enough to be an NES game. Look, at, I mean, look at it. Yeah. It's, NES games look better than this. There's it looks like it's made in paint. Yep. I say that all the time, but this time, especially, it looks like that game was made in Microsoft Paint. <laughs> yeah, Sable looks better than this. <laughs> it does, absolutely. <laughs> I did not know that, Matt. Yeah, Learn something is, every think, episode I of Game Face. This is either the first or one of the earliest side-scrollers. Really? Like, like, like a platform, in terms of like a platform, I mean, obviously there's like, you know, the shooters like Scramble and Defender and stuff, but like, in terms of like a character game, I think this is the first one. Wow, I did not know that, but it is so terrible. I could see that it would be the first side-scrolling platformer. <laughs> not a lot of parallax in play here, boys. No, there's not a lot of anything in play here. It's it's awful. And honestly, almost all the games in this are awful. They're all bad. There's like a versus... Pac-Man, Pac-Man does not have a great history uh, no. in the end. That's what smacked me in That's the face. That's why Champion Edition was such a surprise, because uh-huh. it was good. Yep. That <laughs> is what why I said when I first started this, this topic is, wow... Do I have I did I have some nostalgia goggles for Pac-Man? Because this franchise has been trash I mean, pretty Pac- much its entire time. I mean Pac-Man was really good for its time. You know, I, I certainly understand why it was a big deal then. Yeah, yeah, when it came out for sure. But in hindsight, if like of all the old arcade games, I think it's one of the worst. I mean, it's, the challenge of it has been surpassed a number. You know, navigating a maze like that is not especially interesting to us now, I don't think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I really struggled to play this game, and again, I'm OG arcade dude who grew up with these games, and I, mean, I... It's, it's notable that there are still like kind of there's a lot of uh, you know classic arcade game like you know permutations and versions you can get now. Not a lot of Pac-Man clones. No, <laughs> what? Gee, I wonder yeah. why that is. Yeah, like you see, still see Breakout clones. You still uh-huh. see like Galaga Space Invaders clones. You still see stuff like that. You don't see Pac-Man clones. Yeah, they're because those games withstood the test of time. Yeah. This game did not. Yeah, it just so... hasn't. So you basically have to put Pac-Man's name on it to to leverage the nostalgia if you want any of that to work. Yeah. And so so they have. Yep. Except not the one that anybody wants. Because yeah. Ms. Pac-Man, I think, is pretty universally considered the best one. Oh, for sure. I think people generally say Miss Pac-Man is way better than Pac-Man. And yeah. it should be. It's the sequel to Pac-Man. Yeah, it's it a, should it's be a, better. It's a iteration. It's a like that didn't work. <laughs> I don't I still don't I never figured out what to do. That here. that springboard you're supposed to press jump at the right time and it bounces him all the way over. But I don't know. It's 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 a timing thing. It's <laughs> you must have to have like the two frames or whatever yeah, to get it's it. One, it's one of those things. old school like oh like you do this perfectly or you do the game again. Yeah, things. yeah. Um, so anyway, that's Pac Man Museum Plus. 
I give it a minus. I did not have any fun playing this game at all. Pack and Pal. I've never played Pack and Pal. Yeah, you want to see it? Sure. <laughs> I mean, this is the only entertainment value that I found from this game was like, I yeah, never I heard of this one. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen this. This is weird. You have to like eat the cards and that will unlock like the doorways to get to the fruit. And to finish each stage, you have to mm. eat all the fruit. Yeah, <laughs> they they really had one <laughs> one idea. In it, I mean, it's a one trick pony, and they never yeah. evolved past it. What was, Matt? What was the one? I thought it was Super Pac Man, but it's in this, and it's not. What was the Pac Man game that had, had the pinball machine built into That's it? That's Pac Man Junior. Pac Man Junior. Okay, I was like, how are they going to handle that on this? And then I never came across it. Mm. So yeah. Oh, blue Pac Man. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, is that the pal? Yeah. <laughs> Is that Pac Pal? Is that Pal Man? I think it is. That's the yeah. Pac Pal. Yeah. He runs at a lower frame rate. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Pac Man Museum Plus, thirty dollars on Switch, twenty dollars on PlayStation and Xbox. I would spend five dollars for this max, and that's only if you have a crazy curiosity for the old days of the arcade. Otherwise, stay far, far away. Uh, if you're really curious and you are a subscriber to Game Pass, give it a go. Um, you may find like two out of the fourteen games that are actually kind of fun to play. Um, as someone who comes from that world, I did not really find any of them fun mm-hmm. to play, unfortunately. So I mean, Miss Pac-Man's not in there. I'm not even going to bother. Yeah. Do you have a cocktail table with Miss Pac-Man? Or Pac-Man? I, it doesn't work, but I have. You know, it's got an emulator in it, like a PC in it, but the PC, the BIOS got corrupted. Oh, I'd it have, did? I'd have to go in and mess with it again, and I've just never... And it's probably this ancient PC. And... Oh, yeah. I mean, I, that's a, that <laughs> table, I, I took that table home from G4 because nobody wanted it, and it's a, it's one of those old Dream Arcade machines, so it's got to be 12 years old yeah. at this point. So it's like Windows 98. If that, yeah. <laughs> probably XP, more realistically. Yeah, or something like some old Windows 2000 machine right. laying around. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's Pac-Man Museum Plus. Yeah, I play. I play like thirty or forty games, and I think I think one of them was Namco Museum. So oh. Pac-Man's in there somewhere. Got you. Okay, it's time to move on to our last topic of episode three hundred two. It currently just holds my Lego Star Destroyer. No, oh. yeah, it just sits on top of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're gonna talk next and lastly about another kind of rumor that's been making the rounds this week, but this one seems to have a lot more. I don't know. It has, it has real things that are backing it up. And generally, the information is coming from people who have broken stories in the past who have been reliable. Um, and that is that Xbox Cloud Gaming is working on a stick co- codenamed Keystone that people will be able to buy so that they can use xCloud on their TVs or any other device that will take a stick. Um, and they'll be able to stream games through whatever piece of hardware they have lying around that will accept a thumbstick as long as you have a really good wi-fi connection in the area yeah you'd have to have a really good wi-fi connection um you'd also have to have a bluetooth controller mm-hmm. obviously but most people have that at this point because all our console controllers at this point are bluetooth and to be fair you can plug them all pretty much into anything and they work um so that's kind of tackled already this information is coming from Windows Central's Jez Corden. He was also the guy who broke some of the information on the Indiana Jones stuff not being an Xbox exclusive. He had a busy week. Um, So essentially, according to rumors, this stick is a modernized HDMI streaming device that runs Xbox Game Pass and is cloud gaming service. Uh, Microsoft is, however, taking some time to explore additional iterations of the product before bringing it to market. 
And Windows Central actually got a quote from Microsoft that reads, our vision for Xbox Cloud Gaming is unwavering. Our goal is to enable people to play the games they want on the devices they want, anywhere they want. As announced last year, we've been working on a game streaming device codenamed Keystone that could be connected to any TV or monitor without the need for a console. Um, as part of any technical journey, we are constantly evaluating our efforts, reviewing our leanings, our learnings, and ensuring that we are bringing value to our customers. We have made the decision to pivot away from the current iteration of the Keystone device. We will take our learnings and refocus our efforts on a new approach that will allow us to deliver Xbox Cloud Gaming to more players around the world in the future. So it looks like they're working on a new revision of the device because Windows Central actually had images of the first stick and everything. Mm. It got like all the details on it. So Microsoft is basically saying, yeah, you got some stuff there, but that's not the final product. We're working on a new revision of it, which makes sense. Um, from what Windows Central understands, Keystone had been in development for a couple of years um, and Microsoft has not given up on the product, is continuing to finalize the product's feature set. Matt, do you think... XCloud works with something like this, a stick that people, do you think, maybe buy, probably buy for cheap. I would think it's for sale, yeah. $10, $20 would be my guess. Uh, maybe more than that. Or maybe more than that. Or do you think that XCloud lives and thrives being built into electronics like televisions? Which do you think is going to be the magic bullet that sets XCloud off? Neither. Neither. I think this is another dead end. It's another. Oh, really? It's another solution in search of a problem. It's just Luna again. It's just Stadia again. It's a weird little trick that they can do, but no one's going to need it for any real reason. But it keeps you from having to spend five hundred some dollars on an Xbox mm, at the cost of an incredibly suboptimal experience. But like, this is them not trying to reach us. This is them trying to reach. The general audience who maybe they do want to play the new Halo or do the new they? Elder Scrolls. Do they? You don't think that who has who has the 4K TV and the super robust Wi-Fi connection and the Bluetooth controller, but doesn't want to buy a game console? Eh, like I don't buy it. I really, don't, I don't buy it. It's it's nothing. So you don't think console tech built into televisions or even on a stick is ever going to be a thing? Not to any appreciable degree. Not to, not to the degree that like Pactors talked about it replacing game consoles. No, um, I, well, I don't think I, I don't. Either. I don't see any use case for this. Like who who cares? Doesn't care enough about video games to own video game hardware, but does care enough to have all that stuff ready to go. I and and to like I don't get it. I don't who I don't know who this person is. And like, or if like, or if it's like a thing where it's like, oh, you don't want to drag your Xbox everywhere and you're going on vacation or whatever. Where are you going that you have a 4K TV or a TV you can plug that into with robust Wi-Fi access and your Bluetooth controller, but you don't have a system? Like, I just don't get it. No, I, don't I mean, get I don't think it's any of that. I think it's the person who wants to spend a hundred dollars instead of five hundred and forty-seven dollars to play whatever game has caught their eye. I guess, but it's just it just strikes me as another one of these like we hope these people are out there somewhere, maybe things i think a lot of it will come down to the marketing if microsoft can get the messaging out there to these people and if they can see it because not knowing it's just like sifted like there's two billion gamers in the world there's probably seventy thousand gamers who have ever even heard of sifted mm -hmm. maybe there's this huge addressable market that we've never touched because we don't have the money for marketing but microsoft does have the money for marketing and it could conceivably if it wants to it could reach these people yeah, but these people are playing mobile games. Yeah, I I don't I just don't see it. I don't see who, anyone who's interested in the kind of games Xbox plays just goes and gets an Xbox. They spend the five hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, 
And anyone who doesn't care that much, doesn't care about that kind of game, they're just playing their mobile games. Hmm. They're playing their mobile games or playing their little solitaire games or whatever on PC. You know, it, it, I don't, they're, they're inventing a market in their head for this. And I guess, you know, I'm, I'm sure you have to take the shot. You got to shoot your shot. You got to, if they're out there, you got to try. Mm-hmm. But like Amazon tried, Google tried. You could chalk some of that up to like, you know, them not knowing the market and not knowing the industry and like just not knowing where to put their eggs. So like, but if but if Microsoft does this and no one fucking gives a shit, can we finally stop talking about streaming games? Because it's not a thing. It's I'll be never honest with you, that thing. probably would be the nail, the final nail in the coffin. Good, bring it on, because I, it's it's not a thing. It's not this person doesn't exist. Like not in the numbers they're talking about. I mean, I haven't seen them like say numbers as far as like what they no, because they don't know because no one knows because <clears throat> people are hypothetical. But the amount of money that they have invested in XCloud oh, yeah. would lead you to believe that they do think that there's a sizable market out there. Or people in boardroom meetings have been convinced there is. Right. Like you know, an entire network hinged. Yeah, you know, we were. I was at an entire TV network that hinged its entire existence on the idea that people wanted interactivity in their television watching, which was completely wrong. <laughs> but we still spent five years doing it and untold millions of dollars doing it. Like bad and wrong ideas happen in the corporate world all the time, oh, yeah. and you have to follow them to their natural end because otherwise, you have to admit you were wrong, and that's the worst thing. Not even, it's much better to have a product fail than to stand up and say, like, the product is a bad idea and we should stop it. There's there's a lot more shame in the corporate world for doing that than there is for, like, blowing a, blowing a product wrong. Oddly enough, Matt, if Microsoft and Xbox had actually had this up and running and ready to go for the last couple years when they were unable to produce enough hardware to satisfy demand they actually might have had something. Mm. You get people in, and Not for the some of them wanted. get used to it that just play single-player games and don't play multiplayer games, or the lag mm. isn't as big a deal for them. They it's, might be happy with just playing it through their TV. Maybe, but it's not. Mm-mm. Then, then where were these people for Stadia? Where are they for Luna? Like, yeah. who, what, where, where are Again, these Again, that may be marketing, though. I mean, have you seen a TV advertisement for Luna? No. I haven't. You wouldn't know Luna exists. No. By the way, if you Amazon didn't watch Game Face, <laughs> like, <laughs> but Stadia was. I mean, Stadia's got the wrong. Uh, I did see a couple ads for Stadia. Stadia's, but not got, much. I mean, Stadia's got the wrong business model because they wanted sixty bucks for something that disappears when they give up on the platform, which they did. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I called that before it even existed. Yeah. And like, I assume this is going to work on a Game Pass model. Uh, yeah. Something, something like that. Yep. Um, I just don't get you know like the instant I play one of those cloud things, I know I'm playing a cloud thing. It feels like pl- I'm playing in mud. Like mm-hmm. it just, and I know a lot of people wouldn't notice that. The same way they don't notice auto motion smoothing or the the frame rate stuff on TVs by mm-hmm. default. But like I just I don't who who is who are these people? Like who who desperately wants to pay, play Halo but wants to play it like with lag on a stick like i don't i don't get it like who are you talk? what are you talking about well halo is a bad example because it's multiplayer driven but i would argue that because sing- no one wants to play halo infinite right now. <laughs> i would argue single player games a lot of people would be okay playing them streaming i just I, now who, but games but, like elden ring probably not you're gonna be okay but, playing streaming until the instant you have an internet hiccup and your game goes all weird and people are like how come that's happening like yeah like the use case doesn't function doesn't work like and i know like everyone's like oh everyone's like oh it's way better now it's way better but it's still not good yeah. it's still not good and the problem that when it's like oh people don't care about you know, casuals don't care yeah but you know what casuals do care about consistency 
And as soon as it starts getting weird because the internet's not working as fast as it should because they have subpartner connect internet connections because they are casuals who don't have the high tech stuff, like they're gonna be like, oh, this doesn't work right. I don't want to play this. Doesn't work right. Like, there's no. Like, I don't know who this person is. You need a high tech invested person who has high end machine, high end internet connection, high end everything. Except they don't want to pay five hundred dollars for a game console. Who is this person? Yeah, I, don't I think, think it's the person exist. who's cut the cord. Someone who's like got rid of like Directv or cable, and now they use YouTube TV. But I know tons because of because those people already have hardwired their TVs, or they're sure that they have solid like Wi-Fi to their TV. I like guess. those people, it might work. But you're right. For the vast majority of the market, it's not gonna. It wouldn't work with my mom in my mom's no. house. Like, it just wouldn't. Her Wi-Fi stinks. Yeah, like the vast majority of the internet in this country and really around the world is not good enough to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I hear might, you. Might be good enough to do mobile games, but you've got a phone for that. Yeah. I just don't... I don't see it. I don't... You know, I don't... I, I have no idea what they're talking about. You know? I guess it's a nice thing to have in your back pocket when you've also got, like, you know, the, the Game Pass thing and... And Xbox Live and all that, uh, and you got to keep up with like what PlayStation seems to be doing with PlayStation Now or whatever. That's you know they're changing. Obviously, it's becoming just PlayStation Plus. Like it seems like a thing you have to have in case it becomes a thing. But I just don't think it's ever going to become a thing because it's not a good tech. Yeah, it's not good tech. It doesn't work. Like maybe in twenty, thirty years when everybody's internet's better, if everyone's internet's better, I don't know. You know, it doesn't. It, it like, there's too many weird little speed bumps to, to to your use case scenario for it and then that's on top of having to find someone who actually wants that mm-hmm. instead of just the simplicity of like here's here's a game console you plug it in and it works well, the other the other kink in the hose right now is that what would have convinced people to sign up for something like this is having those day one exclusives to play on game pass mm-hmm. and we just aren't getting any yeah. like this whole year there's really no big exclusive yeah, there's not much happening this year so in that regard Maybe that's another reason why they're like, you know what, we're going back to the drawing board. We're going to make this device better because no one's going to buy it right now anyway. I don't know. Um, but this rumor, I mean, but it's I mean, more if, than you, really if you don't a have rumor. a game console, you can't play anything. So who cares what's exclusive? Why, this, this mythical person should care about every game because they have they can't play anything because they don't own a game console. Yeah. So who is this person? Like that's what I don't get. Is like, it's I don't know who this. I can't picture in my head who this demographic is. I also struggle to believe that. TV manufacturers like TCL would be like, yeah, we'll put this extra chipset in our TV. Yeah, that's not happening. Because like, that's the, like the stick thing is a thing, sure, but like that's not the whole building into the TV is not happening unless you have a direct deal with that particular manufacturer, and that is not any way to get to critical mass because you're just dealing with one manufacturer and there's too many TV manufacturers. Well, that. if you're Microsoft too, in order to get the TV manufacturers to put this hardware in their TVs. You're going to have to pay them. Yeah, you have to lay out some cash for that. Yes, you're basically then paying for that stick to just be in that TV to, mm-hmm. by default instead of having the consumer pay for the stick. Yeah. So, yeah. To say, to say nothing of people who are like, you know, they're hooking things up to this thing and they're like, oh, well, I'm going to use up a whole HDMI. So, you know, a, lot of, a lot of the more low-end TVs have like two or it's maybe true. three. And you're like, you want to use a whole one up on this? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, it, I just don't. I don't see it. Dan Boy says parents for Fortnite and Minecraft. Fortnite, Fortnite's I mean, I not going to work too well on that. I mean, that. my little nephews, who are from 5 to like 10, they would never play Fortnite with lag. Believe me, man, they know when the game is lagging and when their shots aren't landing the way that they're supposed to land. Like, And they're like 6. So uh, the parents might be like, dur, 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 playing the Fortnite. The kids will know 
right away that it is not up to scratch. Yeah, so, the kids are going to be like, this doesn't work. Yeah, like, I'm getting... like this is broken. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't the way it's supposed to play. Um, what else? Yeah, Dan Boy's just saying for parents and kids, it would be cheaper and easier. And you're right, but the experience but is worse. But not for the things that, you know, for like some of the really baby game stuff. Uh, you know, like, like I guess Minecraft. But as soon as you go online, you're dealing with a situation that like is not going to be fun. Like Fortnite's yeah. not going to work for that. Minecraft, I guess you don't have to play Minecraft online. Yeah, but like you're like some of the weird little you know, I've seen my, my friends' kids playing weird little like games I've never heard of them. So I guess that would be that work. But like, like Roblox, that's not going to nope. work. No, it's, trying to sort through the store and yeah. everything. It's like those kids know how fast that stuff's supposed to work. Yeah, you're just yeah. laying another layer on top of this thing, and it's just going to make it more difficult and, and more unreliable. It doesn't, yeah. it's not it's not for anything. I think Xbox is just trying to get Game Pass in as many locations yeah. as possible, and I don't blame it and for hey, that. Hey, at the very but... le- I mean, Microsoft's got money to burn at this point. You could just be, you know, it could just be proof of concept. It could be like, look, that doesn't work. We don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, you know, I'd love that to be the case. Like, if Microsoft puts that stuff out with a lot of exclusives to, to them and a reasonable price, and then just nothing happens, like, can we just stop? talking about like he stopped trying to make <laughs> fetch happen now i'll be honest of the big three microsoft or xbox is the one that i would give the pass to for working on it if it were playstation or nintendo i would be like you working on this is taking away from something else you could be working on with microsoft not so much yeah microsoft has i mean they're so big like, it doesn't even need to be the gaming division for right that. you know yeah. like, it, like that's just like stuff they work on they work so, on everything so I, i'm like not pissed off that microsoft is working on this no, and like and if it does launch it. i'm not gonna be mad and be like that's dumb or anything like that if even if they it serves fifty thousand people get on the service or whatever cool like it's not hurting me in any way it goes back to the same argument of putting an easy mode in a from software game like People shouldn't care as long as it doesn't affect them. As long as they still get their more challenging version and it's tuned just for them, why would they care that somebody else can play on easy mode? Same deal with this. As long as I can keep buying a console to play my games on, why would I care that somebody else is playing Mm -hmm. the same games on a stick or on their TV? I don't. Yeah, the only thing I care about is having to sit through the presentation of it in the the direct. (laughs) We're having to talk about it here on Game Face. Yeah, I'm just like, just stop wasting my time. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, So anyway. I mean, at least Phil Harrison won't be talking about it this time. Yeah. Yeah. I would guess that this is now probably a year and a half, two years away. Mm. And probably if they do find a TV partner, it'll be like one. And it could be like TCL because they probably wouldn't want to like they can't work with Sony, obviously. Um, And they probably wouldn't want to work with one of the higher end brands like LG or whatever, because the expectations are higher for those TVs. The cost is probably going to be higher. TCL might be right in that sweet spot where Mm. they're like, you know what? How about we give you $3 per unit to put this little chipset in there? And TCL might be like, okay, they might agree to it. So we'll see where it goes. I don't think we're going to hear anything about this for quite a while, though. Um, Dan Boy also said, I don't get why it can't be an app. Why is there even a stick? Because the hardware to do that is not in a It's not built into the TV, yeah. Um, you're not like rendering everything, but you do need something that's going to like process that image and do it really fast and, and not use up power that is used for processing the image on the TV. You know, you yep. got to, you got to give the signal to the TV. And, and if it's, if the chipset's not already in there doing that, you can't take up that chipset in the TV for it. Yeah. It's it, not like it, a YouTube app or a YouTube no. TV app where they just use the existing hardware in the TV to make it work. Uh, they need very specific hardware to do this. So. I mean, you also have to make mm-hmm. sure that even a, a Bluetooth controller is recognized by your TV. Yeah. Um, which I would assume most TVs do that, but I don't know. I haven't tried to see if I can just plug it into USB and see if it's like I can navigate my TV with a controller. I don't know. I haven't tried it. Um, so anyway, there you go. 
That's the bulk of Game Phase 302. However, we have a pleasant surprise here for the end of the show. And that is that Name That Game has returned. And we are going to do Name That Game again. Uh, The last time we did it, a bunch of people reached out. I said that we didn't have anything to give away. And people were like, no, 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 no. I have some codes laying around. And so we're going to give away a free game to someone today who wins Name That Game. Uh, For those of you who haven't played before, haven't participated... We've changed it over time. The new name that game is I show you guys a collection of five screenshots, and you need to guess what the screenshot, what game the screenshots are. <laughs> what from. really happens is he shows us one screenshot, and you guess it immediately. And I melt down, yes. <laughs> and I get really angry over it because I spent a lot of time on it. Well, I did it. I've done it again. I felt I will see how I did this time. Um, obviously, the last couple times has been a disaster. And so I took that information, and I tried to make it even more difficult. It's just going to be a giant pixel now. It's <laughs> just one pixel that I just stretch out. <laughs> Here you go. Green. What was green, motherfucker? I haven't gone that far with this week's um, installment of Name That Game. Uh, but if you guys guess this in the first two images this time, the next one is going balls to the wall. No way in hell you'll ever guess it. Literally zooming in on, like, a shoe. Like, that's where we're going after this one. Oh, people know shoes. Exactly. Because they they do. That's the funny part. Because let's just be honest. You guys are just too damn good. Um, So how it works is I'll go through a series of five screenshots. Now, the way I design it is the first one should not give it away at all. And the fifth one should make it obvious to you guys. Um, And you are trying to beat Matt. So you need to guess the name of the game before Matt does. Um, Now, you guys win all ties in chat because there's a little bit of a delay. Uh, so if Matt names it, and I look over, and like in a beat or two, one of you guys answers, then you guys get it. So uh, we want you guys to win so you can take home a free game. Um, and without further ado, I think we're ready to rock this. Let me get the sound effects up here ready to go. And get the first screenshot lined up. Are you ready, Matt? Sure. Are you guys ready? <laughs> Oh, Gohan's the first time he's playing the screenshot version. All right. Here we go. The first screenshot for Name That Game. I'll show each one for, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds, something like that, before I take it down. So I'll give you guys plenty of time to try to figure it out. And here is the first screenshot for Name That Game. Hmm. I'm keeping an eye on chat. See if you guys come up with it. It looks familiar. <laughs> what? DMC5? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They got it. All right. First person just said DMC. And then let me see who the first person was to say DMC5. <laughs> it's absurd. You guys are absurd. Holy. Not in like everybody got it. I think Not Cirque was the first one. Mega Drive guy got Devil May Cry, but not yeah, Cirque. Not got, Cirque said five. Said got DMC the actual five. game first. Yep. <laughs> this is a joke. You guys are too good. Man, how'd right. they get that one, Matt? I don't know. How I did mean, they get that there, one there, so fast? There, there, there actually is a. I can tell that's Capcom's engine. Yeah. Like I can. There's a quality to the graphics that I can. I could tell it was. I definitely knew it was. Uh, what is, was it? What is that? What is the name of that engine? Oh, like, it's the RE engine, isn't it? Is that what they call yeah. the RE engine? Yeah, yeah. I could def- definitely. There's a there's a there's a texture quality to it that you know. Everything has an edge on it. It almost yeah. looks like the old Unreal Engine games. 
This is ridiculous. I don't know what I have to do to you guys to not get this like immediately. And I knew the era because of the particle effects in the background. Like you, you can tell that that was like last gen. <laughs> you um, guys are ridiculous. You're so good at this. I don't, I don't know how I can make it any harder. Literally, like it's like you said. I'm gonna have to go to like a pixel for each of the images. Mm-hmm. Not sir. Have you won already? I think you may have. And if that's the case, maybe you pass this one on to the next person who got DMC five. That was OCD Master one. Um, but if you haven't won yet, congratulations, and I'll give you your round of applause for your victory. And while you're listening to your round of applause, Emperor Dread guest prototype. That was a good guess, guess too. And while you're hearing your applause, here are the rest of the images. Here's image two. That may have been better for image one. Like, that may have not given it away. Maybe? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like somebody would have known that. It's like his little, like... Jet skateboard. Yeah, I think people would know the jet skateboard. Maybe. That's that's kind of iconic for that game. Maybe. Here's the third image. That would have probably been a better... I mean, that's the sword, part of the sword on that big guy. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it's just impossible to do this. I mean, again, I would definitely know that's Capcom. Really? The instant I see that, I know that's Capcom. It could be Square Enix. Nah, it's Capcom. I don't know. Square Enix It doesn't look look like like Square Enix's engine. It doesn't look... It's not the same thing. I think it kind of does. There's a visual... It does look a little bit like... But I can tell it's... Uh, Square Square Enix's engine has more... Um, has a more, like, separation between the objects that move in the backgrounds. Veritas says, Never played the game and I knew it. How? <laughs> <Ow. laughs> uh, here's the fourth image. I figured the gun That's- would give it away. Yeah, the gun is... I mean, if you zoomed in and got the gun out of the frame, that would be a good first one. I left that gun in there on purpose Mm. because this is the fourth image. Right. And there's actually dual guns there, and I cropped out the second gun because the dual gun would have definitely given it away. Um, But I kept the one in there because I wanted people to mostly get it from this one. And then here's the final image. You guys definitely would have got it from that. Yeah. I keep trying, people. (laughs) I keep trying, and I keep failing. Let's be honest, I keep failing at this miserably. You guys are just way better than I would ever guess, honestly. Um, because you didn't guess it. No. And I I probably wouldn't have guessed it. I definitely knew it was Capcom, but I wouldn't I mean I would have gotten to it eventually. But yeah. Like, I was like running through all the all the last gen games. Uh Regis Scrub for Easy Allies, Shane Order Games that more zoomed in. No, the older games are dead giveaways. They're mm-hmm. it's it they're easier to guess. Because you know immediately by just the quality yeah. of the visuals. Like, I was hoping that zooming in on these screenshots might fool people. And, and it did, because a couple people guessed Vanquish. Mm-hmm. I thought it might fool people into thinking it was a game from the prior gen. Like, I think... A couple people said Mass Effect, because it does kind of look like a Leviathan. Yeah, like, I think this through, and you guys just destroy it every time. Every time. It's really crazy. Um, so anyway, there you go. Let's name that game. Not Cirque. If you have not won before, um, let me know. Um, and uh, just instant message me. You can do it here on Twitch. You can do it on Sifted. You can do it on Patreon. You can do it on Twitter, at Dinfire, wherever you want. Uh, just uh, reach out to me, and I'll hook you up with the code for a free game. Congratulations. And again, I thought for sure he had won before, but maybe not. Has he replied about that? Oh, yeah, I won. You can pass it on. Okay. Maybe don't play <laughs> if you've already won one. Maybe when we the year turns over, we'll reset, and people who already won can win again. Um, so if you're passing it um, on... That would be OCD Master 1. Uh, yeah, OCD Master 1. You are the winner. 
So reach out to me here on Twitch. Um, just DM me. You can DM me on Twitter, on Sifted, on Patreon, wherever. Just get at me, and uh, I'll get you the code. And not, sir, thank you for passing the, the code on to somebody else. Uh, you're obviously very good at this if you've already won multiple times. <laughs> Uh, okay, we have some time to do some Q&A. Before we get going, Nox Adernitis, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome, and I appreciate it. Uh, Mo Abyss, thank you for the Tier 1 subs. That's awesome. I don't think I've seen you in here gifting subs before. Thank you very much, man or woman, depending on what you are. Um, anything else in here? Nope, now we're into questions. Okay, uh, Danboy90. Hey, Matt, have you seen the new Top Gun? What do you think? I was blown away by some of the camera work with the Jets. Before you mm -hmm. talk about it, I just want to say I am blown away by the reviews of Top Gun. I, I saw them, and I could not believe them. And I texted Matt, and I was like, Matt, is this for effing real? Or is this people just losing their minds because they haven't seen a decent movie? And, what is, and he said... No, it's great. <laughs> it's, I can't uh, believe it. I think Cruz will probably get a nomination for it. Like an Oscar nomination? Yeah, I, think best, I think he'll get a Best Actor nomination. Yeah. Dude, that blows my freaking mind. How? How is it so good? Is it not corny like the 80s one was? No, it's... it's. It, it, think, I think the closest comparison is like Rocky Balboa. Really? The Rocky movies. Where it's just like they, they actually took the... I mean, there is a lot of fun stuff and, and you know crazy jet stuff and... You know, it's, it, there is a lot of slam bang action, and it That's does okay. it does kind of turn into a little bit of a Mission Impossible thing by the end. But like, um, and, and like the mission they're on is essentially a real life Death Star trench run. But like, it's a character study of Maverick as a person, like, and what's happened to him and how his life turned out and what he wants and what he's going to end up being. Wow! And um, it's really well done. Like, Cruz does it really. You know, Cruz really turns in a good performance, like a multifaceted thing. They do a lot of callbacks to like the the elements of the first movie, but they earn them all. Like, it none of it feels like, hey, remember this? It uh -huh. feels it feels like, oh yeah, this is just like the cycle of life kind of thing. Uh -huh. uh, the Val Kilmer appearance is great. Um, you know, that's a really nice scene between the two of them. We have a friend um, who is like best friends with Val Kilmer. Hmm. Do you know who I'm talking mm -hmm. about? I don't want to say his name, but he used to be a PR guy in games. And he's just moved on to kind of just, I think he may be like independently wealthy. Like mm -hmm. I think he's like a trust fund kid or whatever. Because uh, he doesn't really have to work. And he's just become kind of like this jet setter. And somehow he's became best friends with Val Kilmer. Hmm. And after the movie came out on Friday, he just posted this huge thing on Facebook about his experience working with Val. He like apparently took him to all the shoots and everything and was talking about how, you know, he knew then that the movie was going to be really good. Mm -hmm. And he was been waiting all this time for, cause he didn't think people would even believe him if he told, cause I couldn't believe it. Yeah. He was really, and you know, there's a lot of stuff in there. Like Cruz like was very, you know, a big, uh, Bruckheimer, Jerry Bruckheimer said, he's like, I went into this, you know, to produce this one. And he's like, Tom Cruise is a better producer than I am now. Wow. And like, he's, you know, he's learned a lot and he's doing, you know, he uh, he would drag the, the cast back into the planes and be like, ah, I didn't get the real performance I wanted out of you with the G-forces. We're going to do it again. And like, they'd be like, what? <laughs> like, and you can tell in this movie, like all the almost all the plane footage is real. And like Tom Cruise isn't actually flying the jets. Is no, he? he tried to. Did he? Um, he uh, he wanted to fly the F-18s. And the Navy said no. <laughs> and then he then he offered to buy an F-18 <laughs> for like $34 million, which is about double what an F-18 costs. And the Navy said, no. Like, you, you can't buy jet fighters, you weirdo. So <laughs> well, he's a weirdo. So they had to do, uh, you know, he basically, it's a two-seater, and they basically mock it up so it looks like he's flying 
in, in the footage. So he's actually um, in the back seat. Someone's yeah. in the front flying. But you can see, um, you know, the, the actors' faces like oh, compressing, yeah. contorting. The and I mean, he is he is a pilot. Cruz is a pilot. Like, his own personal P fifty one Mustang is in the film. No, oh. um, when you see that in the hangar in the trailer, I, that's, that's his Tom plane. Cruise's plane. Oh. Um, so he does I mean he he's not a stranger to the world of aviation. He knows he knows what he's doing. But but no matter who you are, you don't just get to fly an F eighteen. Yeah, like, that's not how it works. Um, but it's great. It's really cool. I and am just completely go see it on the astounded. go see it on the biggest IMAX screen you can find. It's crazy. There's also a, a Screen X version which has two extra screens on the sides. Oh, really? And normally when movies do that, they extend it out with CG. Uh-huh. This is actually using Filmed. real footage. Wow. of The cameras they use were wide enough to capture that, so you're actually seeing like almost like 180 degrees around the plane. And it's I haven't done that yet, but I definitely want to. Like, it, it, it I will see this a couple times in theaters because it's a, it's an experience. Like, it's, if you ever wanted to be convinced of Dolby Atmos as a sound surround system, yeah, like that, this thing, this thing rocks. Um, it's really, really good. It's, it's probably the best thing I've seen all year. Wow. Um, this certainly is the best the mainstream. Most shocked I've seen I have all, been. Like, it's this and everything everywhere all at once are the two best things I've seen in all year. For and they're two very different different films. films. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely see this and see it in a the theater if you're somewhere you feel comfortable being in a theater in the middle of our plague year th- year three here. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's great. It's it's really. I have good. not been this shocked by a piece of entertainment in probably a decade. I'm not. not I mean, I knew the buzz on this was really positive. Oh going, well, I didn't see any of that. Ago. I mean, people were seeing versions of this back in like you know early 2020. Oh. Uh, I know one guy who saw it in 2019 has just been sitting on it since then. Isn't this that, the movie where he like had the big blow up over COVID protocols? Or was uh, that no, that was movie? Mission Impossible. Oh, okay. okay. Um, this was shot before the the the, the pandemic. In fact. Uh, there's a couple shots of of license plates that expire in 2020, um, which is funny. Uh, but uh, no, it's it's really really good, um, shockingly good. Wow, uh, it's amazing. Uh, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see what else we got. Uh, Grimshaw rocks. Does Nintendo keep with motion controls for the next couple of consoles, or come up with something new and unexpected? Yes, I think. Um, I think you have to stick with motion controls because otherwise everything doesn't carry forward. But yeah, they, I think they're always going to have motion controls. Yeah. But they may come up with something new on top but, of that. Both, yeah. yeah. That's my answer, too. It's both. Um, I think they'll try to come up with something new. Whether they do or not, who knows? But I think motion controls, like, I think that's just going to be a thing for Nintendo consoles maybe forever. Mm-hmm. Um, until it gets to the point where they have a VR console and they have, like, finger tracking and stuff like that. Yeah, I just think, it's, it's to Matt's point, like, all it doesn't want all its old games to become unplayable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why we saw with... The Switch, the Joy-Cons have gyros in them because they want to be able to keep perpetuating that software. Yeah, so. and they did some, like, you know, clearly that wasn't their focus. Like, the, the you know, the whole HD rumble motion, like, that has not really been a focus for them yeah, on, I mean, on their stuff. Yeah, I mean, it only seemed like a big deal until they actually launched it. And then it's just yeah. like, ah! No, that stuff wasn't all that important. Yeah, you know, little thing, you know, like the you know ring fit and, you know, there's things, the big gimmick stuff does it. But, like, generally, you know, yeah, using a pro controller on their main mainstream releases has not been an issue. Yep. Uh, Congrim 1, any predictions or hopes for the state of play in a couple days? I think they're saying a lot of PlayStation VR 2 stuff. Yeah. Um, Does that excite I, you? No. Uh, I mean, I'm curious what they'll have on it, if they're going to show games or if they're just going to show the headset and say, here it is. Uh, I'd be interested more in the software, because I think we kind of know the specs at this point. Yep. 
Um, we know everything about PSVR two. I'd like point. to see some. Uh, I'd like to see some first spoken something just because since it was supposed to come out two weeks ago, like be yeah. nice to like you know dig into that a little bit. And I know it's Square, not them, but like they seem to be involved. It's just, it's kind of an exclusive, time exclusive at least. It doesn't um, seem like any first party stuff is going to be there. Probably not. There's, Sony there's was a, like third parties in PSVR. Well, that's there'll be some first party stuff for that. But. Yeah, there's a. You know, there's obviously the contingent that fervently believes we're going to see Final Fantasy 16, but they've been saying that for a year. Uh, at various, I think that's I think. highly likely. Possible that we'll see new Final Fantasy 16. Um, I hope everyone's ready for that to be next year. Uh, there's people that really adamantly believe that's coming this fall. Well, they're I, say, uh, Square Enix just said again that it's like done, mm-hmm. like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So who knows? They said that last. They year. said that last year yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> it, and apparently and it the director promised that like we'd see it by the end of the year, and then nothing. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So who knows? But I I think we might see that. Um, I think we'll probably see that the Horizon PlayStation VR two game. Mm, it's gonna yeah. be its big like killer app. So I yeah. think we got a teaser trailer for that already. I think we'll probably see like the first real trailer of it where you actually get to see a, get a look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to check out the PlayStation VR two stuff. Yeah, I'll look at it. I mean, I don't know. You're gonna really need something to convince me. Like, yeah, but like, third like party could be anything. Half-Life Alex like, port would go a long way. Yeah, like there might be a new Saints Row trailer, or maybe a chunk yeah, of Saints probably. Row gameplay, like some stuff like that. But I mean, this year it's kind of barren. There's not a lot left. So I would set my expectations to disappoint because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be like a big th- big blowout with yeah, a bunch set, of exclusive set your stuff. expectations. Meh. Yeah, I would say the same for that Microsoft event. Really? Twelve? Yeah, I don't think I would not. I would. I think you're. I think you're gonna be. I hope you're wrong. But we'll be here live to do that. By the way, that's Mm -hmm. in not this Sunday, but next Sunday. I will be here. We'll be doing the our usual, the only E3 press conference we've got. (laughs) We'll do a pre-show where we make our predictions. We'll sit and watch the Xbox press conference live with you guys, putting commentary over top of it. And then we'll deliver our analysis afterwards for the only press conference for E3 2022. But we're going to mm-hmm. do it for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Schneeky is saying that the, the rundown for the state of play leaked. Oh, yeah? Okay, well, let's see what it is then. I'm assuming he followed up down here somewhere with everything. Don't be so sure. Last of Us Remake. Is that... Oh, yeah, that's been floating around. That's right. So was that in the leak? or? I don't know. But people have been talking about that, yeah, that there's going to be a, a full remake. Yeah, I don't see anyone listing the stuff that was in the leak. Sneaky, can you put what was in the leak in chat? That would be awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, Dan Boy says he watched it in IMAX, and it was fantastic. I could see where it would be. Um, okay, we got a bunch of them. Oh, and he's saying it's too good to be true, which means it's probably not true, Sneaky. <laughs> Gohan Rage, thank you for Twitch Prime, man. That's awesome. Um, Mitchell is alive. Any well-received games that you just couldn't get into because of their setting? setting that's very specific uh hmm uh, not that i can think of the infamous games maybe that's right you hate seattle yeah <laughs> i don't really hate seattle <laughs> but the settings for those games just always kind of turn me off for some reason yeah, i don't think i can think of set i can think of aesthetics yeah. like i don't like the prototype games because i think they're gross looking they are gross looking um that's why it was a good guess though when someone guessed that and named that yeah. game. I think this, I think the second prototype's a good game, but I just it just makes me feel like I need a shower. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I can't really think of. It. I mean, like the like a military setting doesn't do a whole lot for me at this point. Yeah. Um, 
like a, there, there's a you know I do like like high fantasy stuff, but like there's a point at which it becomes so generic I don't care. But that's mostly like a mobile game thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's not it's not common. Yeah, it's not very common. Um, settings have also become kind of redundant, I believe. Yeah, like theming is more like like I wouldn't like I'm always gonna look sideways at like a pirate game. Because there just aren't a lot of good pirate games. Well, know? also, pirate games are generally just stuck on a boat in the middle right. of the water. So I can see where a set that setting in particular might turn yeah, you, you gotta off. Make a, you got to make the boat entertaining. It's hard right. to make a boat entertaining. You don't have a lot of real estate to work with there. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Before we get on with the rest of Q&A, here's a word from our sponsor. A once-in-a-lifetime property is now available in northwest Montana, featuring 92 acres of gorgeous wilderness, approximately one mile along the Blue Ribbon, trout-rated, Kootenai River, and an eye-popping view of the Cabernet Mountain Wilderness Area. This is truly an outdoorsman's paradise. You can use the restored and remodeled barn with living quarters as a year-round home, vacation cabin, fishing retreat, horse ranch, or cattle ranch. Contact Doug DeShazer today for additional pictures, information, and an opportunity to view this very special piece of Montana. And with interest rates starting to rise, now is the time to pull the trigger on a home or property. Even if you're not able to relocate to Montana, worry not, sifters. Doug DeShazer has facilitated home and land sales in California, Texas, Oregon, Washington, and many other states. He can find you the perfect real estate agent for the job, no matter where you live in the U.S. Feel free to contact Doug with any questions regarding real estate at DeShazerMT at gmail.com or give him a call at 406-291-1643. That's 406 406- Two nine one one six four three. All right, let's wrap up the show with a couple more questions. As always, go at Sifted Games in the chat so we can pluck it out of all the rest of your conversation. It looks like Sneaky now is admitting that it's probably fake. Huh. <laughs> the rundown for the state of play. Um, uh, Estmont, Matt, do you think the Stranger Things season four answers were good? I don't know. I haven't watched that. I watched it. Was, M- most of it. We were my movie night group was gonna do a, like watch and watch it on Saturday, and the day before we all everyone just went. We don't want to, and just didn't. Yeah. So I think some people watched like the first few episodes. I don't. I could not possibly care less about that show. At this yeah, point. you weren't a huge fan of it to begin with. No, I've never particularly liked it that much, and at this point, I just feel like I just feel like it's past. This past its shelf date for me. I don't. I mean, and it's so like the, the, just what they put up just now is nine hours. It's no for and like the next part is going to be like two two hour movies basically. Yeah. It's, two, it's not just two episodes. Like I do not believe I've seen the other three seasons. I do not believe for one second the Duffer Brothers have fourteen hours of story to tell me here. Like I, I not no. Like I'm not. I don't know when I will be ready to sit down and watch that. I, I just don't, I don't care. Uh, well, I watched. I'll stick with Obi Wan, and I'm fine. I don't. I don't need a 14 hour show that has spent three seasons and six years proving they don't actually know where they're going. Mm. So I don't, I don't. I like a lot of the characters. I like, I like a lot of the actors, um, but it's just not worth the hassle at this point to me. I've watched the first four and a half episodes, I think, of this new season. I am a huge fan of Stranger Things. In fact, I loved it up until this point. The first two episodes of the new season almost made me quit watching. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Uh, the new character that they introduced, Eddie, is awful. Um, he's like a cartoon character in the midst of all these other people that I've grown to an attachment to over the last several seasons of Stranger Things. He just doesn't fit. And it's like, where has he been? 
He's like their best friend all mm-hmm. of a sudden, and he hasn't been in any other shows. Why? Where was he this whole time? He's like their dungeon master, basically, uh-huh. but he's also like a the metal head in school, the dude yeah. who drew like the dragons on his notebook or whatever. He's that guy. Um, and they're like when they introduce him in this scene in the cafeteria, it's like it's just completely implausible and unbelievable. And he just again, he just he also looks like he's thirty years old. Yeah, a lot of the age thing is. It's a problem. If you're going to do this show, you had to get it done and faster, yeah. Like Harry Potter did, where they did one a year, and you know, they you know, it outpaced the age a little bit. But like, you know, you had 20 year olds playing 18 year olds by the end of the Harry Potter movies. But like, this is this is 20 somethings playing 16 year olds. A couple of these guys are, yeah. And it's look, it's just normal in life that certain people look older quicker than others, but. But it's like it's like if you're gonna do the '80s thing where you cast a bunch of twenty-somethings as teenagers, you can do that. But you have to cast a group that all looks like that together, right? And now you've had these kids that have aged differently, yeah, and they don't like look right together. They don't look anymore. like they're the same age, yeah. yeah Even though some of them, all of them are, but yeah. like it just it just doesn't hang anymore. The one really. girl has wrinkles on her face, and she's supposed <laughs> to be sixteen. It's like yeah, I mean, people people age different, but like you, it's like that's the thing is like you, you know, six years later, if you were doing Stranger Things, you'd cast different for these characters, yeah. you know, and you can't change it, obviously, but you're just you're yeah. you're gonna run into that, you know, or you're gonna wait until everybody's a full adult and come back to it like it style, you know. Yeah, um, and I don't want to spoil anything because a lot of people probably haven't even watched the first episode, but there's one whole plot line that is just pointless. Like that sounds like Stranger Things to me. I mean, it's literally it's just like the it's. 30% of the show mm-hmm. that's set in this other place and it there's no reason for it. Yeah, you gotta have a really good reason to leave Hawkins in this show. Oh, there's three places, and, by uh, the way. I'm they sure. all leave Hawkins. I, I know that at the end of the last season there's there's a diaspora kind of thing. Yeah, they all split. Go, yeah. And I knew that was gonna be a problem for them. And it is. But. Yeah. And look, so I... The first two episodes really turned me off. I did stick with it. The next two and a half episodes were better um, and so I probably will finish it, but so far for me, it's the worst of all the Stranger Things seasons. That's my opinion. Um, but maybe it, the last couple episodes it gets redeemed. I don't know. Just based upon what I've watched so far, um, it is the worst. Yeah, season. a long way to go. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, they remi- it reminds me of when Stephen King no longer had to listen to his editor. Oh, that leak is definitely wrong. Now that people are starting to list what it was, it's like Final Fantasy sixteen, Final Fantasy nine remake, Avatar on PlayStation VR. Yeah, I think no. you're, that leak is aiming really high. <laughs> I guess we might see Avatar 2. I think av- we'll see that Ubisoft's Avatar, Avatar. Yeah, that Ubisoft Avatar game. Yeah, because I think that's be. coming out like this year. It's supposed to be alongside the movie in, yeah, in December. Yeah. Um, Matt, when would you say they last progressed the Upside Down plot? Like the third episode of the first season? <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know why you guys are asking Matt all these Stranger Things questions. He just mm. told you he doesn't like it, and he hasn't really watched it. Yeah, I mean, I've watched them. Yeah. Not the new, not the new season, but yeah, I I don't think we've learned anything new about the upside down since the, about the third episode of the first season. Yeah, and I I hope they get around. But even the people that I know that like you know, it's like I like it are like, oh, they're really setting up the last season. Well, I'm like, they've been setting up the next season for three seasons now. Can you just <laughs> do something, please? Yeah. Um, I mean, what I've seen so far. I mean, t- for me to answer Mike Mike's key's question, um, I don't. I don't even feel like this season really explains much more about mm-hmm. it. I mean, I feel, feel like I already had it figured out. 
Like, I don't feel like I was confused on it. I don't know. People keep saying that. I just don't understand why, like, so what is it? What does it do? What's the point? Why are they studying it? What do they think the military implications of it would be? Like, why are they Uh, doing any of that? That type of stuff. I thought he was asking, like, how it works. And I don't care about how it works. It's uh, it's it's magic, basically. But I just, like, why does this project exist? What are they trying to do? Like, what are they, like... Why? Why does the government think this is valuable to them? Are they trying? Because it doesn't. They, I don't understand what the well because the thing is happening. The things for. that come from that place are very powerful. Right. Well, stop opening the fucking door. Then well, I think like, they want to tame it. They want to use it militarily or whatever. How? It's a giant demon. Like, yeah, like <laughs> they don't seem to have any plan for that. I guess the plan was like use these psychic kids, but they don't seem to have done a very good job of that. Yes. Cinetype brings up Better Call Saul, which is. Absolutely freaking amazing. I hate this new, here's the first half of the season, now wait a month and a half, and here's the second half of the season. It's been a thing for the last couple years. They just did it with Better Call Saul. They left it on a terrible cliffhanger. That show is so amazing. If you're not watching Better Call Saul, go and watch the first few seasons on Netflix. It's all They're all there right now. And then start watching the new season. It is amazing. Across the board, Everything about it is incredible. You want to talk about little things that they you think is insignificant in early episodes getting payoffs later on. That is Better Call Saul. The writer of that show, I believe, is a genius and probably could have cured cancer if he decided to do something else besides make TV. He's that good. Um, I'll zoom foo with Crack Bros. I love your name. Uh, your thoughts on uh, Love, Death, and Robots. It was great. Did you watch that? No, not the new season. Okay, it's great. It's really good. Um, I just the worst thing about that show is that it's over so damn fast because they're all shorts. They're all like fifteen to like seventeen minutes long, um, and they're just all amazing. And I always get to the end and I'm like, dang, is that it? Like I thought it was great. I love this the new season. Uh, you should definitely check that out too. Love, Sex, and Robots is really good. Um, Dan Boy says the Ozark ending was disappointing. I would agree with you on that, Dan Boy. I was disappointed in how they wrapped that show up. Not even just the last like episode or two where you got like who's gonna live and who's gonna die and the final scenes and all that kind of stuff the whole last season i felt was not up to scratch with the rest of ozark it was still really good uh, but the ending in particular like the last episode when you figure out who lives and who dies that was just dirty because i had hoped and again i don't want to ruin anything for people who haven't seen it there are a couple characters in that show that i had hoped would get spin-off shows where they would be the lead character in a new show. Kind of like what they're doing with like Game of Thrones a little bit now. Um, trying to keep it alive without just doing the same show again. And a lot of the people that of the characters that I really hoped would get their own shows, they're not getting their own shows. I'm not going to say why, but they're not going to get them. And so I was disappointed in a lot of reasons with Ozark at the end. But the overall ride of Ozark was amazing. Like up until that last season, I really thought it was one of the best TV shows I've ever watched. So... Um. Okay, I think that's it. We answered all your questions because we got done a little earlier today. Um, let's see. We'll be back here next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash games. We're here every Tuesday. And um, we'll have some more games to talk about. Mm-hmm. Diablo Immortals coming out soon, people. <laughs> you can preload it right now. Um, so you might want to get on that. It comes out on the 2nd, so in like two or three days. We talking about that. There's another couple games coming out this week. I think for the next month, we're actually going to have plenty of games to talk about. We're going to have E3 and Summer Game Fest to talk about. I think the next month of shows are going to be excellent, and I hope you're along for the ride. Uh, if you're listening to this show on any of the podcast services, or if you're watching it on YouTube, please head to patreon.com slash sifted. 
That's S-I-F-T-D. And drop us a pledge. If you pledge it $4 or more per month, you get all our content early. That's Game Face. That's Pactor Factor. It's all our, our specials and all our features. Uh, it's our new show, New Dimension, 2D to 3D. Um, it's Dossier, our rundown of games to buy every month. It's Ask Shane Anything. You get everything. $4 a month, you get it all early. You don't have to wait for the delay on, excuse me, on YouTube. And uh, if you want to get stuff like Pactor Factor early and you just want to help us out, you can also use Twitch Prime. If you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, you just link your accounts between Amazon and Twitch, and then you subscribe to our channel. That gives us a free $2.50 a month. You have to re-up it every month. If you're always wondering why I'm saying thank you for Twitch Prime, that's it. People are subscribing. Signing up the first time, kind of a pain in the butt, but the instructions below in the description on YouTube are very easy to follow. And once you're set up, it's literally literally two clicks to resubscribe every month. We'd really, really appreciate it. We really need the help financially. So... I think that's it, man, for 302. It was a good mm -hmm. show. It was good to talk about some games again, finally, hmm. instead of just having to talk about random topics that were hot for the week. But again, we'll see you guys next Tuesday right here at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. We'll see you then. Game Face is up and out.